Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 34 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have John Conger joining me in studio. Uh, we talk about his basically newfound love of powerlifting. We talk about his background growing up out in the dam. And we talk his fridge kick memes. You guys should follow him if you are not following him currently. And we talk a little bit about, you know, proper beard maintenance. And we finish with some dad shoes. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 34 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode, uh, oh geez, 34 of the Galen Trombley Show. I have John Conger. 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 Jesus Christ. Okay, well, we don't take, one take, everybody knows the rules. Conger. 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 Um, sounds just like it's spelled with a C. Um, so, I met John um, actually through his girlfriend who works with me and is also, if anybody's been listening to me, is, is the co-host of Realty Talk and you've heard her a couple times on the podcast itself. So, I wanted to talk to John because I've seen him around and we had breakfast yesterday and uh, here we are and you're actually the first person in the new office which looks terrible right now but it will look really cool and we're done did you go in the old office mm-hmm. a couple of times i mean obviously this is a little bit nicer yes yeah, actually bigger, have a view better yeah it's uh but it's just I, i'm stressed out with all the crap around here but it will be fine we'll figure it out so john for anybody that does not know you give them a little background on who you are and how you got to plattsburgh and how you are have gotten to basically 2019 john conjure john conjure from 1994 to 2019 um born in Malone, but grew up in Hopkinton, so Hopkinton, not Hopkinton, Parishville Hopkinton Central School till 2012, went to good old Harvard on the Hill, SUNY Canton for two years, got an associate's degree in liberal arts, took a year off to work, did a year at SUNY Potsdam, uh, didn't finish that year at SUNY Potsdam, went back to work, and then came to Plattsburgh summer of 2017, so this is two years in Plattsburgh. What brought you to Plattsburgh? Elizabeth came out here first, actually. So Ellie. So we're going to just, okay, so we'll just jump right in. How'd you meet Ellie? Ellie was working at the SUNY Potsdam gym when I started lifting there. Um, I guess we didn't really meet until like a year after that, but mm-hmm. we had mutual friends, and then she got hired back at the job that she used to have, which is where I was working for four years, the Baglery, Park Bros, Potsdam, and Canton. And then I moved in with her when she was dating somebody and I was dating somebody else in Canton. And then I broke up with my girlfriend. A week later, she broke up with her boyfriend, not correlated. And uh, that's pretty much it. A week later, I went to her parents' house. We had dinner. It was great. And, uh, you know, slowly developed from there. And that was what year, roughly? 2016. This will be our three years. Cool. This month. Um, now Park Bros, the coffee looks dope, but you guys both work there and that's mm-hmm. part of the bagelry? Yeah. So the bagelry has been open since I think 87, but the guys that own Park Bros purchased it in I think 2015, 2014 or 15. 
I had only worked there for six or seven months and then they bought it. I stayed on. Elizabeth had actually worked at the Bagler when she was in college under the old owners. And then she heard there were new owners. So she reapplied, got in. And that's when we first started hanging out really. But then they opened Park Bros with their own coffee, which they had purchased the bagelry to put their coffee through. Okay, so Park Bros is just the coffee. The actual mm-hmm. store is called the bagelry still? Right. Okay, so, and Par- so Parks Bros, if you see that, you just know it's the coffee, not necessarily, it's not a standalone shop. There are two, oh, maybe only one Park Bros now though. There's one coffee shop in Potsdam near the bagelry, which is the original location of the bagelry in Potsdam. Okay. Canton has a bagelry that has Park Bros at the bagelry. Okay. So there's just a coffee station there. So there is a standalone Park Bros. Yeah, only one. And, and there's, okay, and standalone bagelry. Yep. And then, and then the two other bagelries in Ogdensburg and Canton both have Park Bros coffee in them. Oh, so they got four total? Like four kind of total. four like little spots? Yeah. plus a roastery if you want to count, count that. And that's that they don't serve anything there? That's just right. strictly where they make everything, roast? Yep. Um, is that all in Potsdam too? Yeah, the roastery's in Potsdam. I don't know where it is now. Now, how old are those guys? Are they really brothers? No, not brothers. Um, Gabe is, I want to say, early or mid-30s. Ryan's mid-40s. Oh, cool. Um, I wanted to... Like, uh, I actually got their coffee. You guys picked some up for me the last time you went? Yeah, it was really stuff, huh? It's very good. Yeah. Um, I've grounded... I haven't had it much. I usually just have it on the weekends because it's easier to grind when I'm home, but... Um, yeah, hoping they come to Plattsburgh. So yeah. we'll see. That, that'd be cool. Um, so are you pretty good at making coffee or what did you do there? Were you more like in the bagelry part? Um, I fought the coffee part for a long time. I, I didn't want to be a barista. Barista. I didn't want to learn it, but they kind of suckered me into it. So. so you're still good with that stuff? Probably not. You could get by? I Maybe. mean, could you make like lattes and macchiatos and all those things? Yeah, I wasn't the best, but I could do it. Because Ellie can do them. Yeah, she's way better than me. Um, I think when I, fir- when I first got, so I have a, like a little, uh, espresso machine and it's got a steamer mm-hmm. and I, of course I have no clue what I'm doing. So I ended up steaming the milk with the steamer outside of the milk. So not steaming the milk. So not steaming the milk, mm-hmm. just blowing hot air into the milk, which basically just blows milk everywhere. Um, and I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, this is so stupid. And then, and then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Asked Ellen, Ellie's like, yeah, you put it in the milk, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, no, no, no. I like shot it into the milk. She's mm-hmm. No. Basically, looked at me like I was an idiot, which I was. So, um, I got to get better at that. But I think that there's um, that's really cool. I just like the idea. It's kind of like a little local coffee shop, but they're kind of like slowly building out. Yeah, they're building. And I follow their social media account. It's really good. Like yep. very professionally done. Yeah. Um, who do, who do you know who takes all those photos? I want to say Ellie Myers, but and that's just I, a friend of theirs that works there. Uh, yeah, she works there. I mean, they're incredible. Her, yeah, her and her sister are both probably two baristas that were. Top yeah. notch. Yeah, they do. I mean, like professional level. Fo- I th- I yeah. think like they're right up with like if you looked at some fancy chain or something, mm-hmm. they're they're really good. Um, no, that's cool. I, I I would like to go visit visit one of the original establishments at some point. Um, so school, you went to uh, Parishville Hopkins, Kenton, Hopkinton, Hopkinton. Um, the only reason I know of them is be- through sports, um, which is kind of the same. It's probably the only reason you ever heard of most of the schools out in our area. Yeah, we came out to Shazy. Every year to lose. Yeah. Well, soccer. I mean, we, we can talk about, but I mean, just in general, like you, we never really, like I never really went West. Um, maybe, I mean, when I was a kid, Malone, that was pretty much it. Yeah. To me, Malone and Chateaugay were like the farthest. Plattsburgh to me seemed like growing up, Plattsburgh was a hall. Like that's a three, four hour drive. Yeah. No, it's not. 
Yeah, and I mean it, it's it's kind of the same. Like if we went to how far are you from Augensburg? Growing up, Augensburg, half hour, hour and a half. Oh, is that far? Yeah, it's like an hour, forty-five minutes to an hour to Canton from Hopkinton. Okay, and then another fifteen twenty to Augensburg, so a little over an hour. We used to go out um, every other year for soccer. We, uh, when I was playing and coaching, we'd have to drive out there. Which, you know, on a bus we'd leave probably like. The game was probably at 11, 12 o'clock, and we'd be leaving at like 7 in the morning, mm-hmm. and it was a haul, and, and uh, every year they would come do the same thing, and I just remember that was like, just not, I mean... Preseason stuff? No, see, we always played them, um, we did a preseason tournament way back when I was probably junior high. Um, man, I, no, for we, we actually played regular season games every year, so the varsity would always come, and it was kind of a better test, because Augensburg back then was like one of the top B teams mm-hmm. out there, um, them or Canton. But we always had Canton play in our preseason tournament, pr- pretty much for the fact that we tried to get the best team from out there, and we tried to b- pretty much play the top two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, probably overall, would you say historically those are probably the two best teams in the section? If you took all the classes and combined them? Potsdam is always pretty solid, too. Were they? I'm surprised you guys didn't play Potsdam. We have, we have it in the last few years we have. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one year, we, I remember, I don't know if I was coaching, it might have been the year after I got out of coaching, we beat... Messina, Potsdam, Canton, or Canton, Canton's B, Potsdam C, and I whatever the D team was that year, we and they were all the sectional champs. So I think it was the first time we played and beat all of them in one calendar year because we ended up, it was kind of weird. We played like one in a tournament, one in a preseason away, or not preseason, a league game away, league game home, and then we in the playoffs. So we yeah. ended up, it was just kind of a, it was an odd event how we ended up getting to play all of them one season, but... Yeah, so we played you guys, obviously, in pretty much the regional finals every year, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, we obviously, we came out on the better end on, on I think, all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. How, many, how many did you play in? Uh, three. Three of the, out of the four years in varsity? I only or had... three or three? I only had two years in varsity. I got pulled up from JV for the first one. Okay, so you were kind of like me. Um, what years were those? 10, 11, 12? Yep. God, I'm trying to think where... So, okay, so 10... I was definitely at all of the games. I'm just trying to think if I was 2009, 10. So 10, I would have been an assistant coach, like like fully for the assistant. And then the mm-hmm. other two would have been JV coaching and then came up and just kind of went to the right. games. Were they home or away for you? Like, were they in Potsdam or Plattsburgh for those three years? I think 12 was in Shay-Z. Or so at PHS. Yeah. Who would play at PHS? Yep. yep. Okay, and then we so you would have played your sophomore and senior year here, and then our junior year we wouldn't have played you. Yeah, I think junior year was back. Junior year was which year again? Two thousand eleven. Was that um, you know Jordan Barrier? Yep, I Jordan went to SUNY Canton. Yes, because okay, that's I forgot we met him once out, and you're like we knew him, so yeah. he would have been senior that year. Two thousand eleven? No, twelve. He graduated the same year as me. Yeah, it was two, yeah, but you it was the fall, so it'd been fall right, of eleven. Yeah, so yep. the same graduating class. Yep. So that would have been your senior years. No, so you would have been so 9, 9, 10, 9 10, 11. 11. Yeah. So I was definitely the, uh, yeah. So 9 and 11 we played at Potsdam. The reason yeah. I remember that is because 9, no, I lied. No, 11 was in, uh, you're right, Potsdam. PHS. Yes. Yeah. And 10 was, yeah. Okay. Yep. Sorry. I'm, 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 there was one year I didn't coach, it was 2008. And you guys lost 1 nothing, And I, it was the first. It was the only year I wasn't involved as a player or a coach for many years. And that was in Potsdam. It was in Potsdam. I remember that game. I was a ball boy. Stetson scored. Yep, from half field. 
and like hit the yeah bar down. The only reason I know I didn't my 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 girlfriend at the time her parents, I believe, hit a deer on the way to the game, so we had to like go pick them up. So I remember in Parishville, it was wherever it was. We had to get back in the car, and it was zero zero at the time. We drove all the way. Probably a solid 20 minutes, 25 minutes back towards Plattsburgh. Picked him up, brought him back to the game. So, of course, at this time, 45 minutes to an hour had passed, and we had scored one nothing. And I think we had got back. They were just starting the second half. Yeah. And uh, I think it ended one nothing. right? It was yeah. pretty close. Um, but you guys weren't that bad. I don't. My senior year, we played them. We won 3 nothing, but um, they were a pretty decent team. We, we played uh, – God, you know who we really stomped on was uh, – you, no, Harrisville. Mm-hmm. Is there a Harrisville? Yeah, they're really far out, right? Harrisville was either we had to play them 2011. It would have been to win Class D, so they weren't they weren't bad. They weren't bad. We played them. Oh my god, we probably played them two years in a row. We beat them ten nothing, I think, one year. Yeah, I think our senior year we won four zero, and like they were in the news. They had a German foreign exchange student as being good. Yeah, we played this one team. Two thousand. 12 i was coaching at the time or coaching i was like what was that yeah whatever i was part of the coaching staff there was a team downstate so we always had section seven there was like section seven goes pretty far down so we always had the north and the south and then they kind of merged divisions at um, at a certain point but we had at that point like this one team that was running like just they were basically running through all the teams down there they had a bunch of exchange students and we had a really good team that year I remember going to the sectional finals and their fans were jacked up and we ended up, oh God, I, I want to say it was five, nothing at halftime and completely. And we had, I mean, we, we ended up winning the state championship that year pretty easily. And it was just a very good team. We had some like a really good senior class that year. And I just remember those poor kids coming in cause they were like exchange students. And they were running teams down. They were winning like four or five, nothing down there. And I mean, we just stomped on them. We had the bench out like midway through the, the second half. And um, it was just, it was kind of cool not to play the same two teams we always played. Cause you guys like probably Harrisville played almost every year in the finals. Cause we always played like E-Town and Woolsboro were always in the sectional finals. Yeah. Harrisville. Um, we always had to start with like Colton or something like that. Colton Pierpont. Yeah. Those are our rivals. You know, uh, no, he doesn't. God, I don't know why he lives up there. He, he didn't. Uh, Adam, you know Adam Crosley now? Semi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from out there. There's another guy from Colton Pierpont. I forgot. I always think Matt Craig's from out there, but he's not. He's from down south. He looks like he should be yeah, like from the sticks. Like Coltonite. He's not. He's like from an hour from the New York City. Huh. Which is crazy. The Coltonite. Um, so and so you went to college at SUNY Can. What'd you, you went liberal arts. Yep. And then Potsdam, you went for what? Uh, exercise science. Oh, so you did go into that. Yeah. Um, and then, so what'd you do? Where were you working at the time? Like right at the school gym? No, that whole time I was at the bagelry. So okay. I worked there for five years. So where you are. Okay. So tell people where you are now. Right like, now. What I'm you at, do now basically. Uh, Eclipse Fitness. I'm our full-time head desk rep and a personal trainer as of three months. So this, is this the first time that you've had been at a gym setting? Yeah. So you're actually getting to put your, your, you know, yep. your degree and kind of background knowledge into it. Mm. Don't have a degree in exercise fizz, but background knowledge. Oh, yeah. that's right. Because you bet. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I always look at now there's a difference. Obviously, I get it because there's a lot of like anatomy and stuff and, mm-hmm. and uh, kinesiology and, and movements. And but I think as long as you read up and stay up to date on stuff, 
I mean, you can read a lot of books, watch a lot of videos, like do a lot of research and you can know way more than you're ever going to know just through textbook, I think alone. Yeah. Obviously there's, um, I think there's course, I'm sure there's a lot of coursework that you would do or hands-on work with like medical people. I say medical, but you know, people that really understand the body and movement and, and trainers. But I mean, I'm sure you've seen, you know, how easy it is to get certified in anything. There's so many certifications. Like half yeah. of them you can do online with, with no, to me, no training or no training, but no, like I, view. mine was all online. My cert. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you can go on, get, I mean, it's kind of like, well, being in real estate, you can go online, take the test. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you can sell someone a home. Yep. But again, it's, it's kind of like you got to build up the knowledge of that. I mean, yeah. you can have like new realtors. So for you, you could have someone brand new certified to train doesn't know anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And someone goes up and that's where I find that I wish that the fitness industry was a little more regulated in that sense, but I find it's too hard to do it. And you I mean in general, like overall, like it's tough to, unless you have a school that you have to go to, to get a degree, it's kind of like real estate. You can't really regulate it. Meaning I can take an online course, go down, pass a test. And they're like, well, you pass the test. You, you should know what you're doing at this point. But again, you don't learn. I mean, we have some new people. Ellie got her license. Same thing. She's not going to learn anything on the test. It's like, what do I do now? What do I say? Yeah. And like Courtney's the same way. So kind of what's your thoughts on getting that versus, cause I know you obviously stay up to date and, and research and do a lot of background stuff. Like you have probably a, a you know, a bachelor or master's degree in that kind of stuff now, just through working with people and seeing stuff and, and obviously applying it to your own training. So kind of like, give us like a background as to, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the educational proponent, but then um, also like what you've had to do to stay up to date and, you know, be able to do which like either from a training perspective or do you just personally kind of like trial and error? Um, I think you can go both ways. You can get, you can get your bachelor's and you can get your master's and you can get certified and, and all this stuff and you can be reputable, but you can also just get a bunch of experience and be just as good. I mean, you look at some of the big guys that are training no one, no one cares where they went to college. They care about who they've trained. They care about what they've done in the sport. So I think if you build up enough reputation, you can do just as much, if not more, like you said, with just hands-on experience. I mean, the more people you train, the more you... I learn more training other people than I do reading material myself. Not just working out with them, but helping them lift and learn the right movements. It's repetition, I think, trumps everything. Well, it's hands-on stuff. Yeah. Because I think like um, textbook stuff, I mean, I I was always big when I went to college. Like there was, yeah, you read a textbook and, you know, you get the the case studies and and in a perfect world, this is what you should do. But obviously nothing's perfect. And I Mm -hmm. find as long as, like you got to have the background knowledge in whatever field, but you got to really understand people. Yeah. And for you too, being a trainer, like you understand, okay, this person, I might be able to push a little bit more of their comfort zone or challenge a little bit more. And you know, some people you just got to take a step back because- you know, they might just want to, you know, go through the motions a little bit more than, and I think that's probably the toughest thing is when someone wants to just go through the motions and you want to, you want to see them kind of push their limits a little bit and grow. And they're, they're kind of in that comfort zone where they don't want to hurt. They don't want to challenge. They don't want to go and fail. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what's your most challenging thing when you're working with a client? Definitely. I have a couple of weight loss clients, a couple of strength clients, a couple of weight loss clients and working with weight loss is, uh, Obviously, it's it's the biggest part of the of the industry, but it's it's the hardest for me because as it, I mean, I've been powerlifting for training for powerlifting for about two and a half three years. Did my first meet less than a year ago, so now it's just all about bar path and strength and power. So obviously, I'm not going to walk up to my 
slightly obese client who's put a bar on her back for the first time and smack her on the head and amp her up and get her to go. But mm. that's what instinct wants to do. So I think it's just finding the right mindsets, train the certain types of people you get. You can't, you kind of have to shut it off and turn it back on when you really want to grind and when you want people just again going through the motions they they can't grind because they don't have the motions so you have to set yourself back to where you were when you started and you have to train them the way that you trained when you first started because not many people get into the gym for strength training they get in for weight loss i want to tone up did you play golf nope okay so like this might might not work but like a golf analogy is if somebody goes i used to play a lot of golf and I knew when I was playing a lot, I really understood the golf swing, meaning I could like manipulate. And if something wasn't working correctly that day, I knew how to kind of manipulate it enough to like get by throughout the day. But it'd be, it'd be like somebody coming up to me and saying, teach me how to swing or I want to go to the range with you. Like my main thing, if anybody's on the range, I can toss out a ton of different information at them. They're not going to retain any of it because I've had you know, thousands and thousands of swings to kind of ingrain the feeling. So I take certain things for granted. So for you, you've repeated the squat motion, the deadlift motion, the bench motion hundreds of times, thousands of times. Someone brand new would be like, like I said, giving them a golf club, giving these, giving them all these points of performance that like, you're going to hit this, 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 and this, they can barely take the club back and kind of go through the main motion. So it's like, when I look at someone from a golf perspective, I mean, keep your eye on the ball. Really keep your head still, keep your eye on the ball, and just swing. Because you want them just to feel the club and feel that eventually that rotation. Where for you, for squatting, I mean, basically it's like, don't hurt yourself. Like, let me just see your motor pattern, right. the movement, the bar path, and I'm going to slowly tweak stuff over time. But I find that really stripping it down to that base level, even though you have your knowledge is layers, layers deep, they really just need that first thing of like, okay, like how to hold the bar. Yeah. Where to put it on your back. Okay. Where, what's my stance? It's if like, we even get to that, I mean, most people can't grab a barbell. They don't, I mean, if you've never squatted before, you don't mm-hmm. know how to grab onto a barbell. You're not, not, nothing is there. None of the motor skills to even get underneath a bar. So you're not even touching a barbell. For you probably a have months. people like much wider than more of like a narrow. Too you, wide, too close. Yeah. yeah. They just, well, um, so if you have people, so like obviously you have people that are weight loss and people that are strength. Like what, what's what's kind of your biggest challenge on both of them? Obviously the weight loss people. What, what do you think the that would be? Weight loss is just motivation. They just need to get in. I have two people that I work with together once a week. They're with me once a week. I have their training more, but one of them shows up that once a week. The other one does all of their training every day of the week, and one's lost thirty pounds, one's gained five, and. You know, that's the difference. He just doesn't want to come in. Mm-hmm. So with weight loss, it's finding out what's going to encourage them to actually come in. Usually it's results. So if you just convince them to, to bust their ass for a couple of weeks and they'll see a little bit of a change, now they know that's their base level. Like I always think that you need about three months to really see a change mm-hmm. if you go in. I find that like people go in for like a month. They'll get like a month membership or they'll go in for like January and they'll crush like the New Year's resolution and then they leave because it's one month and it's like it's like anything. It's almost like digging for digging for gold and you're like three shovels, you know, away from hitting gold and you just stop. Like I'm not seeing anything. I've, like well, you've only shoveled for a month, you know, right. kind of deal. Um and then what do, what would you think from a, a strength proponent? Because I find that people that are looking to get stronger typically don't have the same issues that someone that's losing weight would have. 
they're more from a performance standpoint where they're trying to maximize their potential because they probably have a little bit of background in lifting. They're probably in a little bit better shape. Um, but the same token, I mean, I've tried in the past to, to gain weight and strength. Like it's tough. The eating is yeah. the hardest part. Yeah, it is. You're trying to put weight on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about from a strength perspective? And you can kind of touch on, I mean, obviously like the nutrition aspect with that. Um, depending on how new they are, if you, I can, my lifting partner is much stronger than me, but he's, he's good at this. I think the hardest part is getting people to just take your word for it, even though you're not as strong or it it might not make them stronger right away. If you notice something wrong with their lift, you point it out, you tell them to fix it based on what works for you or what you've read on or what I've read on. And they don't want to change it because it's harder. And even though that's in the long run going to help them, they don't, they don't want to put that time in. So if they're, if they already have knowledge, I think the hardest part is getting them to to rewire. Um, if, if they don't have any background, it's just, uh, same old, they, they want to get stronger. Like I can put more weight on the bar. I'm like, well, you shouldn't cause you didn't do that right. Well, but I can put more weight on the bar. Watch. No, do, do it right. Then we'll add weight because they just, they don't, there's still an invincibility factor. If you don't feel pain, you don't think you're going to get hurt. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's just like the ego, you know, I, I, I find that's the hardest part. I mean, we, you know, I, I go to a different gym, but we, it's kind of the same thing. You see people that have an ego where they come in too quick and people that have been doing it for years. And it's like, you, you have to get your, the motor pattern, the consistency of the movement down correctly. And if you're not, it's kind of like anything. If you're practicing shitty form, you're going to have shitty form. Yep. You can get, and actually you're going to have really shitty or really good shitty form. If you, you know, you keep practicing it. So the biggest thing is you got someone that wants to put on, say on a back squat. Well, I'm going to build up to, you know, 225, 255, 300, whatever. And it's like, well, you can barely do 155, 185 with proper form. Why would adding another 100 pounds to a, a bad base? It's like it's like building a it's like building a house and the foundation's crumbling. Right. It's like, well, let's make the the top look real pretty and everything, but it's like, okay, put you know, we're gonna remodel the the kitchen, but you got a leak in the basement, or you have bowing walls, or you have something crumbling. Um, so I mean, from a what do you think? Because obviously your background is more powerlifting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for, well, I guess first off, how'd you get into powerlifting? Uh, one of my high school friends, I got into the gym to lose weight and I lost like 40 pounds and I was like, oh, I look like Brad Pitt from Fight Club. This is sweet. Then all the big guys in the gym are who I started paying attention to and they're putting up heavy, heavy weight. And that's way cooler, way more fun. Uh, it's harder. There's more. It's, it's harder. You need more goals. I think it's easier to see numbers on a bar than see your body change. So that really got me into powerlifting. And I did some regular strength training programs off, off the internet. Everyone does them five by five, five, three, one. Mm-hmm. Um, they helped. I think it's a good base level, but moving to Plattsburgh, I kind of stepped away from it because there's even bigger guys in Plattsburgh than there were in Potsdam. Then I lifted with a few of them and it kind of boosted my confidence. They helped me out a little bit and it just, went up from there it's man it's fun yeah i when i when i was really into lifting um the same thing that, that you get so much satisfaction i, I think a lot like there's a lot to be learned by just squatting a heavy barbell meaning it's especially when you're really challenging yourself and it's one of those where you're almost scared to get under the bar because you know that one it's going to hurt or two i could fail and i find that just like getting through that and kind of like breaking out of that feels so good you feel like I mean, you get sore, you get everything else. You got to really like stay on top of recovery. But at the end of the day, when you can, you know, you kind of pull that off, even though it's a, it's a small amount of time, you know, you could be under tension for 
maybe five to 10 seconds max, depending on how many, like if I say you do like one heavy rep. If you're under tension for more than seven seconds, you're probably going down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one where like, if you're to do one, obviously you could do a rep of five, it might take you 15 seconds, but if you're going down and you're doing, you know, one heavy rep down and up, I mean, you're talking not a lot of time, but it feels like an eternity because you're, you're literally putting everything you have into a simple thing, just moving a bar down and moving it back up against your, your, you know, against the ground. Um, but I find there's like, there's a lot of, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of power that comes out of that for like a mental, I mean, obviously the physical part, but like mentally it's like it, it gets you over hurdles, whether it be that or be day-to-day life kind of thing. It's a, I think it's kind of one of those, I think anybody that's into powerlifting cause it's hard. I mean, it might, it might kind of seem like for someone looking at it and be like, Oh, these guys are lifting weight. There's a lot to lifting weight. There's a lot of dedication to it. Um, especially you watch like those strongman guys do it. Yeah, and those guys are wild. Like, that's, that's 24 seven. You can't, it's not just what you do in the gym. Well, no, well, I mean, even if you're in the gym for one to two hours a day, you have 22 hours of the day that you're sleeping, recovering, or eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I put on, I went one time ever for three months to put on weight. I gained 15 pounds. I was eating just under 4,000 calories a day. And when I say eating, like I was eating dinner, an hour later, I was making like a 1,000 calorie like mudslide yeah. shake. And it would take me almost an hour to drink it because yeah. I was drinking it right out of a ninja. And that was every night. And you, you go to bed hungry, you wake up not hungry. Or no, sorry, you go to bed full, you wake up full, and then you're eating again. Like breakfast is like another 900 calories of food. Yeah. And it's a full-time job just eating. Like I don't eat that much throughout the day, which has been kind of a detriment. But you've obviously, you've done some like bulking kind of or or or... Yeah, kind of talk about any kind of like bulking thing you've done and how hard it is to do. Um, I think the most successful bulk I had was when I first got into powerlifting. I, I was weighing like 165, 170, and that's not, that's that's just too light. I'm almost six feet tall. So uh, it was a good, it was a good winter of bulks. Uh, I got Ellie to put on some weight too. It was good. We were lifting three days a week. That's it. And we were just eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably just under 4,000 for me, closer to 2,500 for her. How tall are you? Five eleven and three quarters. Can't put that six foot on my license. <laughs> um, and okay, so you okay? Yeah, that's that's yeah, very I think, light. I think I was doing thirty four hundred. Um, just like body weight and protein, as many carbs as I could handle, and mm-hmm. I don't know seventy eighty fat. But I didn't. Ha- I don't have any real background knowledge in nutrition other than what I've read from other lifters. And I mean, I use my fitness pal, and I just plug it in, track it, see how it goes. It took me like three years to find out what macros actually work for me and which ones don't. And I've talked to coaches, talked to macro coaches, talked to nutritionists that don't have anything to do with lifting. And it's all, no, no one can tell you what is right. It's just, you got to mess with it. It takes time. Yeah. It was always a baseline. Yeah. And I think I, I always did one where kind of the same thing. I did the protein in body weight, which I think is just like a bro Generic, science, but it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty spot on. And then carbs, I always did um, I think when I was doing it, I was like 175 at the time. So I was 175. I probably, my carbs are probably up around four. Mm-hmm. I mean, my fat were, were fairly high too. Nothing. I mean, my, maybe a hundred to 125, somewhere in that range. And I, I gained quite a bit of weight. I was moving quite a bit. It was by far the strongest I've ever been. And then I went from January to pretty much March really watching what I ate, really tracking what I ate. Just to, I mean, I tracked actually both ends. So I, I was, even though I was eating a lot, I still was pretty spot on. Yeah. I drank a lot of milk, um, just for kind of cheap calories, whole milk, um, like peanut butter and jelly on bagels yeah. and potatoes and steaks. And 
eggs and whatever. I mean, you name it. And uh, yeah, it took me it took me three months to put on fifteen pounds, and I lost I lost all of it in about four to five weeks. Just like I mean, I mean, I was strong. I kept. I mean, I basically did what I had to do, but. It's just amazing how quickly you can lose that weight. Yeah, it drops quick. Because to me, I mean, again, I know people struggle with weight loss, but if you're if you're doing it properly, I find that the the, the weight loss. And I wasn't cutting for like a. I mean, I know like the the end cutting is much tougher than the beginning. Yeah. But I, I didn't get that. I wasn't really caring about that. It was just more about gaining the weight and kind of leaning out a little bit. And I had I did it phenomenal, but it was like the only t- like probably six month period where I really focused on my nutrition that strongly. Um, but I mean. I mean, what do you think? I mean, pretty much 80, 90% is diet on anything, on any side. You agree with that? Yeah, it's got to be if you care about your physique at all. I mean, but even from like a performance standpoint, if you're a power lifter, I mean, you can lift, but to me, you still got to have, you got to be properly fed. Yeah, like you said, there has to be a baseline. Like you you can't get away with, with power lifting seriously and eating a bag of Oreos and a couple of chicken breasts and whatever you can get your hands on you're just gonna get fat i mean you have to put muscle on do you see guys kind of doing that like a dirty bulk kind of thing uh we don't have too many at our gym but there's i follow a few guys on instagram that just they eat everything but i mean are they, they eating with any kind of macros in mind or they nothing. just eat they just eat i mean they eat the same thing every day so mm-hmm. maybe they maybe they did macros for a little while got used to it it worked but i mean i think i don't know it depends on your goals if you if you want to power lift and this is something that i just started doing recently I talked myself into it. I think eat eat well ninety percent of the time. Just mm-hmm. don't don't eat shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Put on the weight. Don't care to a degree about what you look like. Just get up to a point where you're. If your numbers keep going up, don't do anything different. Get get bigger. Get stronger. You'll hit a point where no matter how much bigger you get, you don't get stronger. And I think that's the point in powerlifting where you have to realize, okay, now I zone in more on my diet shed some of that body fat i mean it's different if you're like 40 percent body fat you did something wrong yeah if you're if you're comfortably moving around moving weight 20 to 25 percent body fat you probably can't see your abs but you don't you shouldn't care if you're powerlifting. i mean i read a good quote um was it mark ripple mm-hmm. do you know him? is that his name i remember one he had a good quote about something with like kind of like high school kids you know when you're like this little like pencil thin kid and you can like see your ab muscles it's like you can but you can barely pick up a broomstick yeah. and i think i think the quote was something to the effect of it there's like Abs there's not a, a big skinny guy or like boobs on a fat chick no well, no it wasn't that. It, was, it was something to the effect basically if you don't have like a in, like a a freezer basically like if you, if you whatever i'm gonna totally butcher it fuck it i'm not even gonna say it I'm like totally saying the wrong thing. But basically he was saying like, who cares if you have abs if you can't lift? Yeah. That's kind of the gen- what it broke down to where he's looking at, to me, looking at a power lifter, like someone that can just move a lot of weight to me is way more impressive than, and, and granted, I, if you take a look at someone that does physique modeling, there's a dedication to that, to get to that body, body level. I always find people that do like power lifting though, pretty much could look very semi-comparable. I mean, they're not going to look as dialed in, but you can still have somebody if they wanted to have as a power lifter lean down and look phenomenal. Oh yeah, because, the muscles there for sure. Yeah, because they built they built basically everything underneath that you would need to see. Like people that don't have a lot of muscle mass, good luck it's showing abs. Like yeah. I always find, I find it funny when you get the the girls that want to just do a thousand crunches and do all these things. I'm like, no offense to you, but like you do have to get you have to get under heavy weight. It's not. I mean, what, actually, perfect question for you. You must see this at the gym. And I, what I actually find now is I follow 
girls or I see girls that are taking on the idea of powerlifting and taking on the idea of being strong more so than like looking, you know, toned kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I, what, what's your thoughts on that? With Because you must see a ton of girls that are into the powerlifting or into some type of, whether they're doing it for like a physique thing, but they are lifting heavy. I definitely think that there's a balance, equal balance in the fitness industry industry between girls that want to powerlift because they feel empowered by powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, big is the new beautiful, stuff like that. But there's there's definitely girls that took it to the level of an excuse. Like, yeah, I'm a little bigger, but I powerlift because you, you uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, that goes both ways with guys and girls. You don't you don't get fat from powerlifting. You get fat from eating too much. So mm-hmm. people that just eat whatever they want, and they're like, oh, I'm a powerlifter. It's okay, but like, yeah. What are your numbers two months ago compared to now on your lifts? If they're not going up and you're getting bigger, you're you're not eating right. You're not eating for powerlifting. You're just eating to feed your own. Well, you're just mad because I have big thighs and that's okay. I have seen that too because, um, well, I mean that's so in, where I go to the gym. So I go. We're totally different. So you're you're more in the powerlifting realm. I go to the CrossFit gym, which. Um, when I was doing all this, it was at a CrossFit gym. Like we do, you know, we still do all the movements and powerlifting, but the difference is what we do is like, if you get someone like that, that comes in, especially girls, like big leg girls that are mm-hmm. thick, you can lift a lot. You can, you can do a bunch of stuff, but when it comes to like body weight or running or anything that requires any type of athleticism or things like that, it's, it's like just totally downhill. Yep. And you can see the girls that are really good at lifting and a lot of them, you know, big butts, big legs, you know, very like tree trunk legs but they have no upper body they can't they can't do a pull-up they can't so i'm always more fascinated by girls that and you probably get this in powerlifting because you still have to have the pressing strength you still have to have everything else in powerlift you can't just squat a bunch or deadlift a bunch and be good especially the good thing about powerlifting is your weight classes too yeah so i mean i I think that neutralizes a lot of them wouldn't you think i think weight classes and uh now there's it's it's good and bad there's so many different if you go to a powerlifting meet, there's so many different ways to get a quote-unquote trophy for placing. I mean, there's obviously age first, weight classes, age groups, and then most federations have a separate a separate group for if you're a military, police, firefighter, stuff like that. So, I mean, you go on Instagram and you look somebody up and you see a girl who doesn't look like she even lifts weights and she's like, I took first place my first powerlifting meet and you look at her total and it's like, 200 pounds Hmm. and i mean there could have been 50 people at that meet there could have been one other person that she competed against she could have been the only person in that group uh the last meet that i went to i think i think i had three people in my group and that was the biggest group so i was only competing against two other guys wow and i mean you come home with a trophy and you post it on instagram like oh i got first place no one really cares like go go on openpowerlifting.org look at those numbers yeah hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds away and no one no one really gives a shit it's it's personal gain but what, what is there do they do a lot of weight cutting for powerlifting some people do um i i think we had two people do a weight cut but if you're if it's your first meet don't do a weight cut at all well, well when they weigh you for a weight i mean are they weighing you and then you start lifting right after depends on the federation some of them you weigh in the night before or the morning of so we had the option we had a nine o'clock a.m lift we could either weigh in at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. the night before or 8 a.m. the morning of. So some people do a weight cut, 10 pounds. They'll sit in the sauna. We'll drive three hours. They won't eat. They'll get there. They'll weigh in. They'll make weight. And then we go out to dinner. We have a huge dinner, sleep, wake up the next morning, good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like world record holders, yeah, most of them do pretty drastic cuts. There's a couple of people that walk around at like 240. They'll cut, cut, cut down to 198, and they look like a bodybuilder. I mean, wow. they look like they're ready to go on stage, and they're just shredded to the bone, weighing at 198 on the dot. They refeed. They probably lift the next morning at like 220. Yeah. So do you think that's healthy? I mean, no. No, not healthy. I don't think it's healthy at all. Um, well, they're talking about that in... Um, I think MMA, because I, I mean, I follow, oh, yeah. like, we talked about this a little bit. I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of like a headline guy of MMA. I don't mm-hmm. know all the nitty gritty, but um, I find anybody that's trying to cut, like the whole purpose to me is you should A, fight or, or lift at what you walk around at, not can I cut weight, make this like bullshit weight class at, I mean, I, I don't know the, I don't know the levels, but say it's 180, like mm-hmm. the cut down to 180 but you walk around as 200, it's not healthy. And then you just refeed to get back up there. It's right. like to say you're in it, but I get it because you're up against a guy that's 220 cutting down the 200. So you don't want to be in the same bracket as him. Yeah. That's where it gets difficult. So, but I think, I think you either keep weight classes closer together. I don't know how big the jump is in powerlifting. Cause I didn't look MMA. Like there's, you could have a 10, 15 pound jump. Yeah. Powerlifting 181. The next jump is 198. And then after that's that, a, it's that's a big jump. 220. So there's, 20 pound increments like that's big i went in at 194 and the guy that beat me weighed 215 when he lifted but he weighed in at 198 i mean that's i'm oh so you're 194 competing against someone that weighs 220 but yeah now what uh yeah so i mean i I, right now i probably walk around at like 175 180 i've been at that weight for six years Mm -hmm. um i would probably i mean what's that the one i'd easily make the 180 obviously right but what's the next one down i think 165 which is insane yeah like even if i like i I would really have to get down like i would i wouldn't be healthy or strong i think 142 the the jumps are big yeah so i mean i would i would literally just have to i would actually be better off gaining 15 pounds going in at 190 and trying to cut to 180 yeah 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 i mean it's just i I don't know the weight cut thing for me is kind of i think the only time you should do a weight cut is if you're going for a world record if if you're going to do something big do a weight cut if you're just if you're just going in and you have no hopes of, I mean, a you got to worry about your competition, but b if you're just going in to do it, yeah. why do a wake up? Why make yourself miserable? Why have something to blame a bad day on? Yeah, like oh well, I did a weight cut. I shouldn't have done it. I lost like ten pounds. My total went down sixty pounds. Well, then don't do a weight cut. Yeah, no one's gonna ask you what you weighed, and they're gonna ask you what you put up. So if somebody does a weight cut, you think. They, I mean, they're obviously weighing or would lift. Like if you did a weight cut when you try to get down to the 180 mark or whatever that was, you were in the one or you were, no, you're the 194. Okay. So that would have been a 14 pounds. So if you, but if you tried to do a weight cut, got down there and lifted in the lower division, you wouldn't have lifted the same as you lifted at 194. I probably wouldn't have, no. Because you might have gotten back up to maybe 190 something, but you wouldn't have felt as well. Good. I mean, you can, you can plan out ahead of time. If you have a long time before a meet, you can diet down without losing strength. That's the hardest part. Yeah. But. And then there's guys that if you're like four pounds from a weight class, mm-hmm. yeah, sit in the sauna for two hours, lose some water weight, get someone to drive you to the meat, clock in, weigh in, just refeed and you'll be fine. But if it's over 10 pounds, no, nah, that's... That's when you see, like like I said, MMA guys, they show up yeah, to the weight, weight cut and they just look like... Their kidneys shut down. Yeah, there's like nothing to them and they show them in the weight... They show up the night of the fight and they're just like plumped right up. Yeah, huge. And it's... Uh, it's crazy when, yeah, you got guys fighting in like the 155 division, walking around at 167, 168 mm-hmm. at the time they fight. And it's like, good Lord. I don't know if I could just like that drastic swing in weight in that amount of time. I don't know. That, that, that to me doesn't seem healthy, but it is what it is. I'm hoping they kind of change it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's like, 
medical doctors too probably fighting it in certain aspects. Oh yeah, at least guys so. that kind of know the sport a little bit because I, I, it just doesn't seem safe. Yeah, but it's part of the, it's part of the sport. It's and a lot of them blame it too though. Like I said, I mean, who was it? Joanna Young Jacek, the real yeah. light Polish girl. She yeah. blamed her last loss on a weight cut, and then she went up weight and lost anyways. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 fun to watch. Like I like watching the, the sport, being the weight weight cut thing. I mean, it, it is what it is. I yeah. just it's kind of weird. Um, so I I mean I know I know a little bit of the backstory, but it's kind of taken on a life of its own. So why are you nicknamed Fridge Kicks, which is everything? And then when did that happen? How did you get the name? And basically from that point to today, how has that kind of like become your persona? Uh, fridge kicks. I was in 10th or 11th grade. I was in a, a band with a couple of seniors, a band, I say in air quotes. Uh, we Wait, played, you actually play music. Yeah. I play the drums. So I don't play music. Okay. I play the drums. Okay. Um, we just jammed. We did like some, <laughs> some graduation parties. It was fun. Uh, I didn't drink at the time, but I started at the time. So we would have a few beers, play some music, have a few beers. One night we played until like 2 a.m. And we were just, we weren't, we weren't making noise anymore. It was bad. So passed out at a buddy's house in the basement, woke up the next day, came out. It's not that good a story. Couldn't find my shoes. We played for another six or seven hours. Asked if I could go get a drink. My shoes were in the fridge. I don't know why. Came out. The guitarist was like, ah, fridge kicks. And that was it. It just sat. Couple people in college called me that. It, it doesn't really stick. But now I use it for my handle for everything. Does anybody call you that though still? Do you have buddies I, that still call you that? I think I have three friends that call me fridge. Really, and that's about it. Yeah, it doesn't really sit. I think people are uncomfortable. It, it, it's weird. It's weird, but but it's that's your handle on. Yes, yeah, I think Instagram. it's because it's too unique. Now, so you obviously now do basically like gym memes. Yeah, it's fun. So so how many do you post? You post every day at least. Yeah, I try to. Um, how many do you post a day? At least one, hopefully. Sometimes I stock up three or four and post a couple in a day. I'm still trying to learn when to post. Oh shit! I just had it here. Trying to trying to whore myself out and get some likes. So how, is that taken off pretty well? I got like three or four hundred followers in the last couple of months. So it's, how long have you been doing it? Um, not too long. I was gonna say you're six fifty six. You haven't been doing it long because I remember Ellie giving you shit for not doing yeah, it. Yeah, she gave me a lot of shit. But she's got like that marketing background. So you have probably, but probably so. And you tagged me in one with the CrossFit. That was great. Yeah, I don't know any other CrossFitters. They don't talk to me. <laughs> that was good. Um, no, they're actually pretty funny. So if anybody wants to go, it's at, well, Fridge Kicks. Um, all you post is memes. Pretty much. A couple lifting videos when I feel frisky. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's all memes. Yeah, so there was one when your mom says... <laughs> says to lay out the caffeine so you ran about it on your podcast and it's me talking and I got a bunch of just a bunch of uh, you name it, energy yeah, drinks drink. just scattered around. So how do you do all these mostly? Snapchat. And you can you can still crop them and do all that stuff there? Yeah. It's, I'm not that creative. Well, it's, I mean, it's incredible. I, I, like I watched on some of these and like there, John, <laughs> by John Ataco. Like some of these are dope. I don't know how you, well, that one I can probably figure out. But yeah. um, Elizabeth asked me when I came in your office to do that. So she thought I physically came in and wrote on your board. But yeah, because neither of those are my tell. writing. Yeah. Actually, your writing looks more like mine than theirs. Um, there's a couple lifting, but most of it's like the just... <laughs> I, I, 
I think I could go deeper into it if I learned how to use Photoshop or something. But I'm, you I should really get Adobe, uh, like Premiere. Yeah, that could be fun. Actually, I don't even know. You you probably could get like um, Snapseed, which is a good. It's like a Google. Um, it's an it's an app. You get just a photo see. editor. Yeah, it's right here. Just top this top one right there. Snapseed. Snapseed. I mean, you can do some cool things with it. I mean, there's there's a couple other ones. Um, I'm sure if you Google it, you can find some funny ones. But um, so you said that a couple people that you even know have messaged you about it. Did you say yeah? There was like a couple good powerlifting guys that messaged you. Oh yeah, I tagged a couple like top ten elite powerlifters in a couple memes, and they're like, "Dude, this is great. This is cool." <laughs> Gave me a little bit of a little bit of a boner for that. That was a- fun. Anybody uh, anybody follow you? Did they nah, repost any of them? Uh, a couple of reposts, no big followers. Just that's, slid into my DMs and pieced out. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that was all right. Um, well, yeah, I just think it's kind of a cool space. Like, that was one of the things I remember. Remember Ellie mentioning it, and we've probably had this conversation before when you talked about it a little bit. But the idea that you can take kind of what I've been able to do from a real estate perspective, but you should be able to do it from a, a gym perspective, whether that be the memes or whether that be, like I said, instructional videos. I think there's a big. I don't. I don't know the training space as well. I know there's people obviously that post their, like every set they ever do. Yeah. Um, but from a pr- perspective of a training persp- or trainer to clients or train, that's what I do with like when I talk about real estate, I'll tell someone this is what to look at when you need to get pre-qualified or when you go to a showing or when you write an offer. Like for you, that could be, hey, here's the proper setup on or here's how to grip the barbell. Here's mm-hmm. how to, and I know people have already done that. You yeah. can go online and find probably thousands of people telling you how to take a stance in a squat. But at the same token, if you do that at a local stage, what happens is you become now that local, that local knowledge, that local celebrity of, Hey, that's John. He, I see all his videos. He sounds like he knows what he's doing. I want him to train me. And I think that with, with anything, if, if you depends how, if you like doing that, I mean, for you, if you're at the, my thing is if you're at the gym all day, God, that might, that tripod I have probably total cost me, 40 bucks with like the new little thing grab one of those i mean you can wrap that around a barbell or wrap mm-hmm. it around a you know po- or uh you know a squatting upright and you can talk about anything you know get a little shotgun mic i just think something like that for you kind of in that space because nobody's really doing it right it's like you said the reason i don't do it is i'm like well so many other people do it but that's how i feel about personal training i'm like i feel bad that initially when someone comes to me and says they want personal training my first gut instinct is to do what i did before and say just go online look it up yeah you don't you don't it's, need to pay for this stuff but yeah but it, it's i think there's something to accountability yeah. meaning they show up to accountable to you the other thing too is even if somebody looks up how to do a squat cycle or how to do a powerlifting cycle and follows it to the t there's still the idea that you want feedback that's why you see like online programs like you could follow the free version but for the for the thirty dollar month upgrade. version yeah the upgrade will will watch your videos and give you feedback and everything else like you could probably do a lot of that. Like people can, you can go learn how to do real estate, but there's the nuances of it. You won't understand unless you've seen it over years and years. So you've seen, like you said, thousands of squats, thousands of deadlifts, thousands of, of, of bench press or whatever the, the movement might be. You can find the similarities in everybody. You can find maybe the person is squatting for the first time and say, okay, you know, I've seen a bunch of different scenarios. Now my mind goes automatically to this is the first thing I need to correct in this scenario where by putting that out to people, I mean, like I said, I could learn how to do my taxes. I do not want to learn how to do my taxes, you know? And part of it for some people is just like, I don't, I want to show up. I want John to tell me what to do, how to do it, how long to do it, what weight to do it at, and chalk it up and go home. One less thing I have to think about. Right, they don't want to think about it. Yeah, like for, you, like for you being there all day, like it's, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, well, just 
care. I'll give you all the good websites. I'll give you all the good programs. Follow it. But I think somebody getting one accountable to you and then showing up and then you're like, okay, hey, why don't we go down on that rep because your form didn't look great. Maybe they know it, but by you urging them to go down, it, it maybe validates them a little bit or they might be semi-indecisive on it. Now it's, okay, I made, I made the decision for you. So now they feel a little better about that. I don't have to overthink it. I can just do what he's saying. I think there's, I think it's what people pay for most in anything, personal training, coaching, anything life coaching. I think it's just the accountability and then also knowing that someone has more knowledge than they, they can almost lean up against and say, this guy's going to be my crutch almost when I don't think things are going well or I want to change some things up. But I don't. I think for you, just doing something social media-wise like that, because yeah. the memes are, to me, are hilarious. I mean, if you mix that in with giving instructional videos or tips, I mean, you. I have a buddy that he does some stuff down in uh, Texas he does the same thing. He'll post his clients. He'll post some progress stuff about his clients. He'll post a few things here and there. I get it. The fitness industry is very saturated. Mm-hmm. Real estate industry is very saturated. But the thing is, if I look at people up in this area, we're, we're behind the times up here. I start to see certain agents do it, but I've been doing it for four years now when I see agents doing it now for four months. So I've been able to, but like right now, nobody I see is doing it. It's kind of, it's saturated in the world, in the US, but it's not saturated in Clinton County. And to be honest, I mean, how many powerlifting gyms are there? Eclipse? I'm, Eclipse isn't even a powerlifting gym. No, or, I mean, anything that you could... We don't have any, but this yeah. is as close as we're going to get. Yeah. So, I mean, you've already got to the space. It'd be... Like, for us, there's, there's only... There's two CrossFit gyms in town. I mean... I think it, the next big gym is in, like, Albany. Yeah. So, you, you, you have pretty much everything from Albany North, in theory, even if you take, like, the Adirondacks North, or even West. I mean, how many things are out in Malone, Messina, Augensburg... And you take that, but now you have like a crew out there, people that you know, you have people out here that you know. I, I think there's a lot of space. I think there's a lot of room where it's like anything. Like there's a reason. Well, yesterday we were talking about that art painting I sold for $91 million. Is a metallic bunny rabbit. It looks like a chocolate bunny rabbit you'd get on Easter, but it's made out of like this metallic stuff. The thing is this guy, not just in one piece of art, he could have made that when he first started, been just as good looked exactly the same but he hadn't built up a demand around his work so all of a sudden you get demand it's like when you know drake drops a new album everybody goes crazy then you have some no-name guy that probably made a better album if you went like from critic perspective but drake has built up such a a thing around his name such a demand for himself the guy bought a private plane like i say private plane private jet like big old like i don't know how many millions that costs not not the cost or count the cost of gas and stuff, but you talk about this guy sings music, like you know what I mean. Like this guy that did the art does art. Like you're talking about these things that you know. There's a reason. Like we talked about Britney doing art. Like Britney's a very good artist, but she's young and just starting out. She has to increase the demand around her work in order to increase the prices and things like that. And that's absolutely. I I mean I, that's from your, from where you are right now. I think that's like a big opportunity grab from. Where I think you really, because at the end of the day, then then you become too saturated with clients, then your rates go up. Yep. And then you're, once those rates get too saturated again, the rates go up. And then that's why you take like celebrity trainers, these people that do like training personally for the, all the people in Hollywood. They probably know very the same amount of knowledge as someone around here. They've just been able to increase the demand. Yes, they might have had some good connections. It might have yeah. been like that one client. That one movie star that got him in with another one, but at the end of the day, they they earned that first one doing something. I mean, they had to increase, they had to have some t- they had to have the knowledge one, but they had to increase the demand for them as a person or a professional. 
I think to to warrant or increase that that you know spike in pay or yeah. the higher clientele or test subjects you got to show your worth yeah and yeah. and uh, no I think that's kind of cool I, I think if you can do that especially like the memes I think are dope I mean if you do those like they're funny because I look at those every day they pop they're like I definitely think some would offend some people that I would attract that's why I haven't decided if I want to do a separate account maybe that's a little more um, I I don't want to do that personally I think that it should just I don't know. I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. So yeah, I think. Well, I think. That, I think the fitness space is, is big on that. Like mine's a little. My space is a little different. I mean, I, I this podcast allows me to be a little bit more uh, raw than I would probably be in certain situations. But over the last few years, I've gotten way more like myself. Like talking on this podcast is very similar. How I talk to clients now, depending mm-hmm. on the client. Obviously, you tailor it a little bit to who you're working with. But it's kind of like I find the powerlifting world. In the gym world, there's a lot of just like people don't like bullshit. That people like they just like getting work done. You know, they they're not very offended. They just kind of go out and do their thing. Now, I'm sure there's people on the opposite spectrum in that, but there's a lot of guys that I at least have followed or heard or watched that don't give a fuck about anything and just yep. say whatever comes out of their mouth. And I think there's some good to that, you know. And I think in your space, I don't think you would offend anybody. I think if anything, to me, every for every person you offend, you're probably gaining five to ten followers. Right. Like. Like, I listen to some stupid podcasts that I'm like, these things are raunchy. Like, I would never even come close to saying half the stuff, but I listen to them because they're hilarious, and yep. I, I laugh at them. And, I mean, do you listen... What, do you, what podcast you listen to? Uh, I started... I caught up real quick on King and the Sting with Theo Okay, Bond so you listen to the same, yeah, same that, guys. That crew. Fighter and the Kid. Fighter and the Kid a little bit. I don't really like Brian Callen. No? He bugs me. <laughs> I don't know, man. JRE, all the time. Oh, all the time. What, what was... Uh, Oh, did you listen to Wiz Khalifa? I haven't listened to that. I just finished That's, Tommy Chong. The, uh, is that good? That's my next one in the queue. Like the come on. I, yeah, I, man. He's like 80 something and he's he's a little out there now, but what do you expect? Spaced out. He's been smoking pot longer than anybody on earth. Well, listen to, I won't, I won't give it away, but Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, I thought Wiz Khalifa was just kind of like this, like, I mean, I was not really big into the rap space. So like, I just kind of thought this guy was like a low life, but like, he's a pretty smart dude. And we start, yeah. when you start like. When you start, because that's the good thing about those podcasts, you get guys on that you wouldn't otherwise know. You just hear them play music, you don't really follow it, and all of a sudden they come on, and they're like where they think is on a totally different level. Um, the Kevin Hart one was one of my all-time favorites. Um, that guy is just so so much like positive passion, like works so hard. The Elon Musk one, I think, is like one of his all-time classics. Yeah. I think it's the most downloaded one. I think so. That was good, and then um, there was another one that just happened. And the same thing, it was another music guy, and, oh, uh, Travis Barker from Blink-182. Yeah, that was a good one. It was just, like, really cool to listen to these guys talk, and then, it's funny, though, when you listen to him talk, Travis Barker, when he started talking about, like, Wiz Khalifa, same thing. They go into, like, getting healthy and fitness, because they spend basically all their 20s, like, just doing everything everything bad to their bodies, and then finally get to the point where it's like, look, I got a kid, I'm not feeling as young as I was. It's, t- it's harder to wake up with a hangover kind of deal. And now all of a sudden you start seeing these guys are like, you know, their diets are cleaned up. They don't drink. They're like very straight. You know, they go to the gym every day. Um, it's just funny when they, they divert, but they're like, they get really health conscious at a certain point where they spent their, tw- their 20s basically tearing themselselves apart. And then, it, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, they get in a better shape. It's just funny when you, l- you listen to that. I mean, that's kind of... And they all say they wish they would have figured it out sooner, but I don't know if they mean it. 
I think they wish they did, but whether they would have actually done that sooner. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you could know have the knowledge for it. I mean you it's can out get there. Away with it between twenty like, and thirty. Well, I didn't get into like I didn't start exercising until nine two thousand I was nineteen years old. And then I didn't start like actually like lifting heavier weights and doing that to probably 22, 23. Yeah. I look at it like, why wasn't I doing that like 13, 14? Yeah, I'm jealous of kids now coming up. I mean, you're on Instagram, you see a 16 year old high schooler benching yeah. 450 pounds. Like, why am I even doing this anymore? Yeah. Those kids are going to be beasts when they it's, grow up. But it, it, I look at it from a sports perspective. Like, why? Why? No, the cool thing is, like, I'm hoping that if my, one of my kids wants to get into sports, that we can teach them from like a young age, like you have to do extra work, not just go to practice. Like you do have to lift weights. You do have to get stronger. You do have to like physically get bigger in order to like have an advantage in sports. Like you could be small and scrawny. We played soccer. Like I weighed 150 pounds in soccer. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, like every other guy out there playing soccer, like this skin and bones kid. You could run for days, had no strength. Um, very just like kind of lean and lanky. And then you get to the point where you start like building up and getting stronger. You're way better in shape. You know, you're, you can do a lot more. Um, to be honest, I probably, I can't run as fast as I used to then. But like if I was to run a mile, my mile time like today compared to when I ran my fastest mile time ever in high school is off by maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. But I can lift, you know, hundreds of more pounds on yeah. every lift than I could back then. Um, so that's like the one regret I might have from sports is that I didn't get into the weight room earlier and our school was small enough kind of same with you we didn't have football there wasn't a school gym our school gym was about the size of this office yeah ours too yeah and you had you had like a squat machine a pull-up bar a bench and then you had like a treadmill and everybody like that ever went in would go on the treadmill because they didn't know any better like, did I'm anyone ever push you guys to go in like was no your, yeah we never had anything i mean we, we we had to do it in pe like you you learn weight we had like a fitness a fitness class in pe where yep. it was like do pull-ups well, I could maybe do one pull-up until the age of 19. Mm-hmm. And it was just one where there was no reason for me to, to ever do it. I could do I could do wall sits. I could run. I could do all these things for days, but I couldn't do a pull-up. Couldn't really do a push-up. The, the, the sit-up thing in class was always bullshit because yeah. kids like would, they would, you know. Cheat. They, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, that, that was a joke. Same thing with push-ups. Those were jokes if yeah. people, kids were doing them. But you kind of did this thing where... It was just so bad. I remember coaching. It was harder with soccer because we were outside, but I coached basketball for three years. And I remember every year I tried to, a couple times a week, incorporate some type of lifting in. And it wasn't like go to the weight room and lift, but it might have been a little bit more like we'll go grab a couple dumbbells or weight weight ball. I mean, you're talking about like just taking a kid to put like a, you know, a ball above his head and just do some lunges with it. You know, just kind of work a little bit more on the core for basketball, like. See, these kids couldn't even hold like 10 pounds over their head. Their arms were like shaking like, you know, jello. And um, I think there was, a, even for soccer, we're a very good soccer school, but none of the kids lift. And that's always kind of, I think, something that if we were to have kids that would lift, we would be, nobody would touch us because yeah, you totally literally would just have kids pushing these little guys off the ball. Yeah. I mean, we'd be a big and stronger team. That was That's the only reason that I think a lot of schools even stay in, in a game with us is because we have our kids are historically smaller. Um, you know, you go play against a class B school that usually has bigger physical kids because they had cuts and they got rid of the smaller kids and we don't have cuts. So our skills are way better. But when you put them up against a kid that can physically push you off the ball or head the ball past you or just out sprint you because he's stronger, you know, I think there's a big, a big, um, lack of that in schools 
part. And I don't know if it's from time. You know, it's tough when you have, you want a kid to lift, but you only have an hour and a half practice. So what do you spend a half hour lifting and then you have a game the next day and it get, you got to really focus on the off season, but kids play sports all year long now. And I think knowledge too, not many PE teachers. You get every now and then you get yeah. a PE, te- PE teacher who's a meathead, but I mean, again, you're a meathead, but you lack knowledge in other places. Like our PE teacher was our soccer coach, baseball coach. Yeah. Sometimes basketball, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they have to Probably do like modified girls or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we were, uh, we did the same thing. Like our... AD was a gym coach who was also the modified soccer coach, who was also the varsity baseball coach. Great guy, but just like we never had, we never really had a um, a true fitness, like what PE probably should be. It ended up being like dodgeball, mm-hmm. like pickleball, volleyball. You'd play these, which was fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're a kid in high school, like yeah, ultimate, fris- the best. ultimate frisbee, whatever. Like I want to do that. And, and again, part of it's that you got to keep the kids entertained, like, sitting there and trying to entertain kids sitting between sets and reps. That's why I find that somebody that goes to a gym, their mental, their mental strength, I think blows most people out of the water because it's tough. One to stay consistent two to literally beat yourself into the ground every day to get a little bit better. Um, Cause I don't care who you are. Anybody that does anything lifting wise, it's not, it's not fun but it is, it's fun. I think it's like doing the actual movements is hard and kind of like nerve wracking. And you're like, why do I do this to myself? But like the results that you get, keep you coming back. Plus the, I think like the satisfaction of like, yeah, they're small and they're quick. Like satisfaction of lifting a heavy barbell and racking it lasted, like we said, under 10 seconds, but that high will carry you out for months maybe because depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and the same thing, I mean, you could go in, I've always found I go and have a bad day. Like my 80 percent might feel like my one rep max, and you know, I still get the idea that it's like whatever. It's just like to me, it's like I got the bad day out of my system. Next day, I'm gonna come and do better, or build off of it, or even hey, I'm just gonna take a day off and just recoup and like mentally. Like, what's your thoughts on rest days? How many do you take in a week? I only live four days a week right now, so I'm I'm off three. I'm just eating a little bit extra on those three. I think I, so. You eat more on the off days. Yeah, not by much, but is that planned? Is that calculated for you? Kind of as like a refeed kind of day. On my off days, I eat the same calculated macros as my on days, and then I'll have whatever floats my boat a little bit extra. Not not anything crazy. Maybe like two, three hundred calories. If I'm hungry on my off days, I'm gonna eat. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. That's that's pretty much it. I think you need to feel yourself when you're ready. So what are you trying? Are you doing anything specific now? Like gaining weight, losing weight? Maintaining? Right now, I'm just trying to put on anything. As so you are trying to gain weight. Yeah, clean as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I struggle with that. I, I got into lifting to lose weight and look good, but and then there's obviously the people that are like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get too bulky. Like, it's so goddamn hard to get bulky, you know. <laughs> Even when I was like gaining weight, it was so funny because when I was like trying to put size on and weight, yes, you gain body fat, mm-hmm. like your abs are gonna go away, like that's gonna happen. But at the end of the day, like. I was so like into like the lifting and I'm like, these weights feel lighter. I'm, I'm PRing. I'm, and, and the other thing is you look at yourself and like, you can just see that you're look bigger and stronger physically, even though you're not as cut, you look, I think at that point even better. Cause then you're like, I know I'm way better than the, the like lean person. Yeah. And, and to be honest, once you have all the muscle and you, most people can't eat a ton of food naturally. Like you, you get it's work to, to eat that amount of food. Yeah. So I find as soon as you kind of switch the switch it and be like, okay, I'm gonna slowly start to like lose some weight. It's like almost like a relief a little bit. 
Like not not like strict diet. Like people that are like prepping for like a, a figure or bodybuilding show or whatever. That's a different level. But just to like lean out a little bit to me is not that hard. If you've been working and all of a sudden you go from four thousand calories a day to like twenty five hundred calories a day, it's like wow. I feel I actually feel normal and I feel like at that point to me I felt great when I was cutting down, like losing weight more so than gaining weight. Gaining weight was hard as hell. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah, just. It was nasty, but um, well, next question I had for you: When did you start growing out the beard? The girl I dated through college never wanted me to keep it, so I'd grow it out when I was away. I was I commuted to uh, Michigan to see her, so I'd grow it for two weeks, cut it, grow it for two weeks, cut it. So I got a good base level going. And then after that, I just. I think I've shaved my beard down to the bone twice since I met Elizabeth. She's the first girl I've dated and been interested in. That's like, yeah, I don't care. Grow it out. It looks good. Yeah. Um, I had, I don't, did I ever show you my, my real big beard? Yeah, I saw it. That yeah. was a, so I, I did grow it out pretty long and that took, I want to say June of whatever the year was to the following February. Um, did you trim it or anything? I, I trimmed it. I trimmed it every, probably once a month. Yeah, so that's, I, that's I would, what I do. I would grow it out. I always tapered the sides down, so I'd take like clippers, and I would go down to pretty much what I have here. Like mm-hmm. I would take whatever, probably not a two, but probably like a three on the guard, four on the guard. On the sides? So you really grow out here? So I, I kind of went like here down to here. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like getting like the real bushy, because if I just let it go, it would have got real wide. Yeah, mine grows out. Yeah, so mine was the same. It grew out, grew down. So I always was like tapering down the side just so it was a little more thin look versus like this big bushy beard. So everything got down, and then I ended up. I still have a bunch beard oil, beard balm. I had the, like the uh, the wooden brush that would yep. like soak in the oils, and I would, you know, I take a shower, and each morning I would sit there, and I it wouldn't take long. I mean, you're talking maybe a minute or two to just kind of comb the beard down. And what it did was it just drew it out a little bit. And for people that think like beards are are not not clean. My beard was probably the cleanest thing that I could have because you spent so much time. You shampooed like I would shampoo it. Um, sometimes not every day because it kind of dry out a little bit yeah, if I did it all the time. To do it like once a week, I think. Yeah, so I, I was probably a little more. I probably did it two to three times a week. Where I, I mean, I was always like rinsing it and stuff, but like where I would, like would really just kind of scrub it down. Yeah. Um, I usually put beard oil or balm in it almost every day, especially after a shower. And a lot of it really like moisturizes. Yeah, it was it looks the, better. It was the cleanest hair. I, like more clean than any hair I've ever had in my head. Yep. Um, and I liked the beard. I mean, it was kind of one where I, there was a point where every once in a while I was like, ah, this is dumb. But then at certain points I was like, you know what? It looks pretty dope. Like, and it's a commitment. It's, it's, yeah, you sleep on it wrong one day and you think you got to get rid of it cause it's growing out ugly. Well, did you ever wake up and it hurt? Like, hurt? like hurt, meaning like you might lean on it and like, it was kind of, you know, when you like it irritated your face. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, sometimes when you have a head, like, I've done this before where I've worn like a toque. So I have like a winter hat on and you wear it around almost all day and you finally take it off and your hair is so matted down that I find like even just moving it like irritates or gives me a headache. And I did that a couple times with my beard. I'd like lean over and like the beard would like fold up and press against your like the pillow as you're sleeping and you wake up and it was like all knotted. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say really knotted, but it was like so matted down that it almost just, it was like irritating. Um, but yeah, the beard was weird because you really had... I find like you had to really take care of it because if I just like woke up and let it go, it would, it kind of did a life of its own. Yeah, you kind of look homeless too. Yeah, I mean, 
certain times I didn't care. But like I said, my, my profession was a little different. Like the gym, it was great because yeah. I didn't, I didn't give, I didn't care at all. But like it was kind of weird. Like I always felt kind of being in a professional setting, having a beard, but nobody really cared. I think the worst part was my mustache is not good. Like you have a good mustache. Mine is very. It's now a my, little thicker now, but it's, it was a, it's very thin. Mine curls and grows up. I have to trim my mustache my, like once a week. My, mine right here started to come down like this. It was uh-huh. the first time they actually connected everything. But like this part's never really been thick. It's thicker now um, than it was than it's ever been. But I think it's just through age. Because I did this probably like twenty five or twenty six to twenty seven kind of deal, and um, it was cool though. I mean, I. I also grew my hair out about a year before where I could like pull my hair back and I kind of had it going down a little bit. So I don't know what I'm going to do first if I was to grow my hair back out or grow my beard. I, part of me thinks I'm going to grow my hair out before my beard. Grow them both out. Quit shaving. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to grow a beard. You don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The only th- Oh, the other thing that I trimmed down here too. The neck. Yeah. Because the neck, the problem was there, it started to get bushy under here. Yeah, that's where you get Amish looking. Yeah. So I, I, well, I still looked Amish, but I ended up, I definitely ended up trimming around here because that was the other thing too. That ended up getting kind of itchy. Yeah. I got, it got itchy where I knew I could kind of go down a little bit because the main part of the beard always grew around it, but I really had the taper on the neck. Getting underneath the comb is where it gets caught too. That's, yeah. That's where and it, it gets pulls. rough. It pulls. And that, yeah. that's, that hurts like a bitch. People don't get it. Don't yank on beards. Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> now I, um, like Thursday, I have a haircut. So, the girl I, I go see, she always ends up just kind of trimming my beard down. She'll go down to like a two, and then she'll get the lines underneath. And man, she starts getting those clippers, but they start like, they, they pull your hair. I think we mm-hmm. talked about it yesterday. Getting like, like shaving, getting like, um, you catch your hair, get like an ingrown hair. It is miserable for weeks. Yeah. Um, I always end up getting one. I ended up getting like a nervous, I say nervous, but like it would be irritating. And I would just keep pulling at it. It almost felt like a nervous tick. So you try to like, keep picking at these spots and I was just irritated and it was gross and you know I'd like pluck hair out next thing I don't have a patch like it's starting to grow back but yeah anytime I, I just don't like shaving down I've shaved down twice probably since 2014 or 15 yeah it's since, around since I've met my wife I've shaved twice and yeah. I can pretty much remember both times yeah I've always had I a beard it. both I both jobs I've worked in I've shaved down to the bone I walked in I didn't know who I was oh, I'd be the same I went behind the counter what are you doing sir uh-huh. It's five year old John. Yeah. Are you yeah. do you look young? Yeah, I got a baby face. I got no chin. I'm, I'm oh really? Yeah, it's gone. So it kinda comes down like this. Uh-huh. I got I got one friend that does that. He has a beard too. So anytime you look at him, he has a beard and like he looks normal, and then as soon as he shaves, he looks like an entirely different person. That's yeah, bad. And it, it's uh yeah, he the no chin thing. Like I have a chin, but when I shave down, it looks like I don't have a chin. Yeah. But it's not it's just like I'm so used to like the longer jawline. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be for everybody though. Cause nobody really has a pointed chin, like a Jay Leno chin. Nobody really has that. Yeah. But some dudes got nice jaw lines. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I, I do. don't have a nice jaw. Yeah. Line. It's not very strong. I do when I, I can layer it with some beard and, yeah. and, and really get a full, a full it's a finish. Cover up. Um, <laughs> so what, what's, uh, you lived in Plattsburgh now for a little bit. You like Plattsburgh, the area? Better than Potsdam, Canton. Yeah. It's an upgrade. What? So my thing, like when I went to school, I went to Plattsburgh, but like my, my one criteria for college was I did not want to go west at all. I would go south. I would go east. I would go any direction. I would hop to a plane to another state. For me, like even like Syracuse is a very popular area. I've been to Syracuse once in my life, I think. Really? And I have no intention of Like I could care less if I go to Syracuse. I'm not a Syracuse basketball player uh, fan. Um, I went to Rochester once. I've never been to Buffalo. Um, I went to Cortland a couple times for soccer back in the day. Uh, Bingington once, 
and like Oneonta for soccer. Yeah. Like I am not a West Coast guy. I've been to Utica like for probably two, three days ever total. Like Utica is a shithole. Like, yep. Um, I, I don't know. There's just nothing West that even like going, driving out West, going like past Malone. To me, if I start going past Malone, I'm it just feel, I mean, obviously it is, it's just rural, but there's not much going out there that I, that I like. I have a buddy who's out there that I follow. He's, he's a, actually a fairly good realtor out there and I follow his stuff and it like looks somewhat entertaining and then he'll just show like chickens and like, yeah, you know, just very rural and everything just looks older and, and, uh, I'm sure it's beautiful out there. Like I've never even been to thousand islands, like Alex Bay out that way. I've been to a Bay once. It's right. Yeah. It's not all that nice. I mean, it's nice for the area. That's, yeah. That's why people go there. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we have some people. I know some people here that have camps out. I've just never been out there, so I can't say anything about that. I just every time I went to Canton, every time I went to Potsdam, I've been all those places. Like there was just nothing out there because there was no like real city. There isn't. And, no, there's a street. You like, have one street. And, and again, I'm not on. saying Plattsburgh's huge, but like you can get to Burlington, you can get to Montreal in an hour. So you guys yeah. would go to Ottawa, maybe. Uh, we went to Syracuse a lot. Actually, it was only like two hours. Syracuse. From, it takes about the same amount of time to get from here to home. Or Potsdam, as it would to get from Potsdam to Syracuse. Or Watertown. Watertown's at least got a, a mall. Yeah, Watertown's uh, pretty big. Yeah. Because they have like Fort Drum's right around there, yeah. right? How far is you, uh, or, uh, Ottawa from you guys? 45 hour. That's it? Yeah. Did you go there too a lot? Uh, My parents would go all the time. My mom and my stepdad went like once a month. That was I, like their vacation spot. Yeah, I've never been to Ottawa. Even though like from here it's about two and a half hours. There's I've some just cool stuff. Been. Yeah. yeah I've, good everybody, concerts. Everybody has told me they've gone to ottawa likes it same thing with uh, quebec city i've never been and everybody says that's very nice too like i love montreal montreal is probably one of my favorite cities i've only been to montreal once hated it really where'd you go driving was trash um the driving's not fun up there but no nah, i couldn't tell you but it, we, we went up for a concert and oh uh, probably the bell center no it was, was some some uh, like dingy down bar corona club corona Club Corona. I went there one time for a couple concerts. They're pretty. There was might have a, been on the street that, that was on. What's what's? Uh, I, to be honest, I have no clue where that is. Yeah. Um, was it a park? Uh, not park. Um, oh my god! Someone's gonna be yelling at me. There, there was a couple of spots right on like South Cath or not South Catherine, but Catherine Street mm-hmm. um, or Saint Catherine Street. There's a bunch. There's a really big club up there. I forgot what it was, but they have a, quite a bit of music up there. Yeah, we like, went. We went into one bar to see a concert and. When the band started playing, we realized it was the wrong bar. And the, oh, it wasn't the band you yeah, wanted to Yeah, the say? bartender is like, no, that band's playing down the street. And they're, they're pretty big bands, so they didn't even ask for tickets or anything. We sat there for so long. So then we went to the other bar and then went back because it was more fun. But The first bar was? Yeah. Even though it wasn't the band you wanted to see? Yeah, we went and saw the band we wanted to see, which was an opener. And then we didn't stay for the, oh, gotcha. for the main. Yeah, um, yeah. No, music's good. Do you go to a lot of music stuff? Um, I haven't. Last concert we went to, best concert ever, we saw Jack White. Um, of the white stripes that no was, no I know, yeah i know who he is i think was it ellie who told me that she went there yeah oh she, i was, think she said the same thing she said it was the best concert she went to hands down it was shitty it was rainy was it just it was him muddy him and hit i mean did he play with the girl that's in the white stripes yeah i think that's his sister it, is it okay i think so and then they had one or two other auxiliaries but it's it's basically him he's phenomenal i like um I've never seen them with the Black Keys, the two band I band. Seen the Black Keys. They still make music. I think so. Because they were really good when they first came out with like El Camino and yep. and uh, Submarine and all those songs, or it was Submarine, Little Black Submarine, or Little whatever. We had to listen to that on repeat at the Bagelry when when it opened up. So those two albums are. Do you know that 
Wait, was that required or was that just what they were into? It's just the vibe that he wanted, yeah. the owner, but he couldn't, he didn't take the time to find new playlists yet. So we listened to those two albums on repeat. They're, they're scarred. I just, I just found out that, and again, somebody can fact check this, but if you walk into Chipotle and listen to the song on Chipotle, that song is playing in every Chipotle, I believe in the world. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know they had music. I never... Well, it's very subtle, but like if you're sitting there eating, they actually do have music. Well, it depends when you go too, obviously, because lunchtime is packed. Is it just a beat on repeat? No, no, no. It's music. It's like legit. Like there, sometimes there's songs you've heard of, but the girl, the girl, um, I was told that if there's a song playing, like, because one person was like, can you turn the song? It sucks. I'm like we can't. It's like corporate run. Yep. But it's in every single one. So one in... New York City is playing in LA, is playing in Texas, is playing in like... Oh, so all at the same time. It's just one big like... So if you're Spotify listening to the account. music, you can like... You could like call somebody you know in like LA and be like, yo, you and, you and Chipotle, what song are they playing? I'm like, yeah, playing this song. And they should all sync huh. together. I don't know if... I mean, I was told this by a girl that was like real good friends with the girl that worked at Chipotle. Yeah. And the Chipotle girl that was working there was the one that was complaining about the music. And then they said that they can't change it, which I wonder how many places have that there's got it that must be a thing because you got to think like i remember um i think there was a girl i think it was a girl it was a girl that i knew that she worked at like hollister and i think they played the music or was it abercrombie one of those things and the music they played was like the playlist they had to play like it didn't change it wasn't like they put the radio on they were yeah required to play yeah ellie had to do that yeah they played the same like six songs over and over again and that was like their playlist for like the month it's like the top six songs that week and that's is all, that what it is? That's all you got. Yeah, and, and uh, well, part of it was they just wanted like that was kind of the vibe they went for. It was yeah. like the pop pop culture vibe the crowd. Um, but it's crazy that that would be. I mean, I get it because it's kind of like anything. You're trying to everything's got to be the similar. So like, why don't we put the music? I mean, that would drive me crazy. But of course, I'm, I'm listening to the same stuff. I came in today. Hannah was with me almost every the, the entire day, pretty much, and we ended up listening to Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish. Eilish. She's a dark girl. Yeah. She does have one song, though, with The Office in it, which I yep, didn't realize. That was right. And uh, there's a YouTube video of uh, her and Rain Wilson. Yeah, that's great. That's so funny. And I, that was the, well, I've never heard of her before. And like Rain Wilson with the number one Office fan. Mm-hmm. So I clicked on it and he said the girl's name. I didn't know who she was. And then he started talking. Like, what he song did you write? Like William Eyelash or yeah, something. Yeah. And he started talking to her. And I go, I didn't realize until like halfway through that she was actually like a music singer. I thought yeah. she was just some She's random chick. She's huge right now. Yeah, and I, I, she's young. She's like seventeen. Yeah, I don't like her music. No, it was very no, not my, not my style. Yeah. But she, uh, she was good. Like she got a lot of those right. Yeah, I was impressed. Like I got a couple of them, and all of a sudden, like, um, what was it? What is like Toby's daughter? It was like Sasha. I'm like, yeah. Having her said that, I'm like, oh, you're right. It is. I never would have got that. And yeah. there was a ton that she got right. That like sprinkles was a cat, and garbage was the other cat. Yep. I'm like, I never would have got that. <laughs> no, even to this day, I never would have got that. Um. I really don't remember. I've watched The Office more times than I can count. Yep. And I can only repeat the ones that I probably saw within the last like week because my mind, I, I just can't retain that information. So, certain things I can, but or I'll like remember something, but I don't know exactly the line. But yeah, you, like, The look Office it up. is just like a long movie now. You can quote like you see Step Brothers ten times when it came out. Yeah. You can quote it all day. Yeah. But The Office, I mean, you got to watch it millions because it's just so long. That's your favorite series? Yeah, we watch The Office all the time. Yeah, Which is, is, is that your is that your all time favorite show? Mm. Series, mine it is hands down. Same Always close. sunny in Philadelphia. Really, so good. And I love people that hate it. I just 
they're still making mm-hmm. that, aren't they? Yeah, they're still going. What was season they in? I think they're up to like 11 or 12. That's insane. Yeah, they're going. Because like Big Bang just ended. There's a couple that just had some really big runs. And they mm-hmm. ended um, like Friends was a long, pretty long run. Yep. The Office was nine seasons, which is... Not not that long comparatively, but it was... I think it hit more. How how many was Friends? 10? Friends was 10. Probably like that. I, n- I have not watched one episode of Friends all Nine. the way through. I've seen... Like I would walk in... Ellie told me you watch it. Yep. So I, um, I, I was saying last time that I would like walk... Like I might walk in on somebody watching it and catch like a scene or be yeah. like see someone watching and like hear it but i'm not actually physically watching the show and i don't think i've ever watched all the way through my sister was obsessed so friends and gilmore girls remember i mean yep, I, again was, uh, my, my sister my sister used to watch that um seventh heaven no nah, i never got into that my no. grandparents watched that <laughs> <laughs> wait with like jessica beale you think it's the right one seventh heaven it was like it was like uh the father, I forgot what movie he was in. He's been in a couple things here and there, and I kind of forgot all the characters, but there was... He was like the stern face dude with the lines on his forehead? Kind of. I think, I think that's what I'm talking about. Jessica Biel was in it. She was like young. She was probably... <clears throat> well, at the time, she was probably like, like 20. Tw- oh, man, young, young. This, this was probably... Mid it's, a, two- it's a family movie, right? Mid-2000s. It was like a uh, TV show you'd see like on ABC Family. Well, wasn't it kind of a drama? yeah semi it it was they were always like i want to say they were like hour episodes um i think there was a couple kids there was another girl i heard think her name was like beverly or something she was like the next daughter down looked nothing like jessica biel so it was kind of like a mixed match i mean there was like it was like but at least a brady bunch all kind of looked the same you know like you kind of looked at those two girls like there's no way that you guys like would ever come from the same parents um but that was like jessica biel's like first big coming out thing yeah and then, and then she started getting the movies after. Yeah. That was like her sitcom that she started with. Um, that, I remember that one being big. Seventh, yeah, Seventh Heaven. I missed a big gap in TV. We had, we had satellite until I was six or seven, and then we didn't have anything. So we, we didn't have cable. We didn't have. We had dial-up until I was a senior. So I missed a lot. We dial-up TV, too? No, we didn't have any TV. We had bunny ears. We got some Canadian stations. Oh, you had dial-up for just, yeah, for like for AIM and all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we always had TV. We always, we always had a TV, which is... It's funny now, we don't. I don't watch a lot of TV. Like I'll watch sports. Um, like the Bruins play tonight, Game Four. Like I'll put that on and like, you know, while I'm eating dinner and like doing some work and stuff, I'll just have that as background to the end of the game. But I mean, we don't watch a lot of actual TV. And I'll get on Netflix and I'll flip, 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 and I'll flip for twenty minutes. Yep. Like what show? What show? What show? And then we just go to the office. The office. Yep. Yeah. Then we just go to the office, rewatch it, and watch you know maybe three, four of those and call it a night. Um, the one thing right now which is really good is YouTube TV. I haven't gotten into that. It's for $40 a month and you pretty much have everything. You if you could for basic what is Netflix now a month? 15? I think 15. Okay, so for, literally you could have Netflix and YouTube TV which we have and it's like $55 a month and you have literally everything you would want to watch minus um did you watch like Game of Thrones? HBO. Nah, we're on season 5. Okay, so minus HBO. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I really think if you have the th- again, I don't watch enough. Like, I would get rid of YouTube TV and just keep Netflix so I could watch The Office. If I had to pick one thing, if, like meaning I wouldn't, I wouldn't really need to watch YouTube TV. We can kind of do enough with like jumping on people's like like the app and getting like, a username password. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ne- I mean Netflix, I would have to have. Netflix is a go-to. That I mean, to be honest, like at night, I'm usually like I'm listening to podcasts too. Like I'm not even watching stuff. Like I'll just put like on a Rogan podcast and listen to it as I yeah. work at night. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's good. What, what do you think? I mean, this is what your second podcast now. Yep. So it's weird hearing yourself, right? First time listening. Yep. You're getting okay. It's okay though for yeah, you. Yeah, it's right? not bad. Um, I find that that was kind of the weird thing when we first had it. I'm trying to find since this is new. I'm curious to listen to this one because have you listened to any of these before? Mm-hmm. Oh, you the have. Acoustics are different now. I, I'm, I'm wondering if the ceilings is tall, but I think just the space wise, I think the 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 sounds gonna flow a little better. Better. Um, distance wise too, if I kind of put it in the center of the room, both of us are going to have a little bit longer of a wavelength than I had before. Cause usually people, the wall was kind of right behind you, um, for when I was talking. So I always felt that there was a little bit of pickup on the back end. Less reverb. Is that what it is? Reverb. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew nothing about audio. So I'm kind of looking into some kind of like acoustic things to kind of make the sound a little bit better. Um, I'm curious. I really am curious to see how this, this sounds in here because the last one was decent, but it kind of sounded like a wind tunnel at times, even though like the audio, like this stuff that I have is very good. Um, it's just, I gotta, I gotta get a little bit better at, at the quality, but sometimes you can like, I have other ways too. that You don't need the actual direct mic. You can do like the, you know, the mic you pop in here yep. and it's just kind of like the directional mic or not directional. It's uh whatever it is, the stereo kind of thing. Um, I haven't really used that for a podcast yet. We did, we had five guys one time on this and it was before I had four mics. So I had two mics and we had that set up. So that was picking up three guys. The problem was a couple guys are too far away where I think if everybody was kind of crowding the table like we are and you had it in the middle, I think it would be fine. Um, but it's kind of really like trial and error on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I'm sure people know what they're doing. Yeah. So if anybody knows what they're doing audio wise, let me know. Cause I'm very, 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 uh, we're like, this is what episode 34 Actually, I haven't done one of these in a couple of weeks with, with the baby being born. but And then I think what, me and Ellie just hit 20. Yep. So we're talking 54 episodes, and I still am like really tweaking on stuff here to figure it out. But I think this will be good. We'll figure it out. You got to keep up with tech. I used to be techie. I don't, I don't know any of this stuff anymore. Are you good with computers? Uh, a little bit. Not as, not as good as it used to be. I, mean, I, used, I DJed in college too, so all the sounding oh, equipment. Oh, so you all knew that, all that stuff. All that fun stuff. So like yeah, XLRs I, and all that crap? Yeah, I don't know if I could hook anything up right now. Um, that, that was the one hard part, like trying to find outlets and trying to find, I have this, I got an adapter that's supposed to come. What I really wanted to do is when I did video, I wanted to take the line out, which I think I can do and I can put it into the camera. The problem is the sound. I don't know if it would come from here. It's very weird. I was worried. Like if I was just talking here, I don't think it would pick it up as I don't know. It's weird. So I just kind of, I bagged it. So we don't do like, we're trying to sync up the audio and the video yeah. really good. So you know, like when you can watch like Rogan do it. Yep. Obviously, he's got way better equipment, but well, he's got Jamie, and he's got he literally has a yeah a full guy that does it, which is it'd be a different thing. We had like someone sitting here that could actually do all the stuff as we're talking, like would adjust the mics and do the pickups and all that, and have like this is a very good like on the go system. Yeah. If I had one of the bigger boards, I could really like and maybe I will at some point, but this is good because I can travel with it a little bit. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that actually um, turns out. But um, so, so did you grow up all the? I mean, you were always in Potsdam growing up, or Canton? Potsdam, closer to Potsdam, yeah. And so, Parishville is closer to Potsdam. Yeah, Parishville, twenty minutes to Potsdam, another twenty minutes to Canton. Is Canton north of Potsdam? Mm-hmm. Or is it like north northwest ish? North, yeah. So Colton's pretty close to you. About the same distance as Potsdam, because we're so okay. spread out. I mean, everyone's every district is two schools: Parishville, Hopkins, and Colton, Pierpont. So, so the, you, and you grew up there your entire life. Yeah, I did. 
So, like, growing up, what sports did you play? I mean, you played soccer, right? Pretty much just soccer. I played a little bit of baseball, but I couldn't stand baseball. I played basketball to stay, I guess I said, to stay in shape. I mean, I wasn't really in shape, but I played basketball for the first month of the season, then I would drop out, and I would catch rides to SUNY Potsdam and play indoor soccer. Um, right at the uh, the field house there? Yep, Maxi Hall. Maxi, that's it. I was going to say what the name was. Um, have you ever watched a hockey game there? Is at Potsdam? It, yeah. Isn't it kind of small? Yeah, it's pretty small. Like the seats? Yeah. Have you been in the field house here? Because mm-hmm. I, see, I remember seeing like the view of it. Like the field house here can actually hold quite a bit of people, but it always seemed like it was just very, like, I don't think there were stands on one side of the, wasn't it just players and it was like a wall behind them? I think so, yeah. And it was like, it almost looked like you were going to like a youth rink kind of. I we mean, went was, to Clarkson nice. more for, for a good hockey game. Because Clarkson's usually pretty strong. Are they better than uh, St. Lawrence? Um, I think so. It's, Overall, it's, I would say so. Clarkson's private too, right? Yeah. Um, and are they both in the same town? Like in Potsdam, you have... Clarkson's, Clarkson and SUNY Potsdam, Potsdam, SUNY Canton, and SLU are in Canton. So 20 minutes down the road. We've got four colleges within... In a 20-minute span? Yeah. With some major colleges, obviously. Yeah. Can- Canton and uh, St. Lawrence are big. Um... Did you know, did you see, um, are you big in the movies? Mm-hmm. Did you know that Viggo Mortensen is from, went to He went to SLU. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, name like Viggo Mortensen. He well, went to SLU. I know. Well, yeah. And I, it, it's but, his name. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So what's the connotation? Like, what, what do people think of those people out there that go to, go to SLU? SLU douches. Is it, is that really, uh. Yeah, they're preppy. Most of the, they're, they're not all bad. I dated a girl from SLU. She worked really hard. She got good scholarships. She went there. But most of them go there because their parents went there or, sorry, slew kids, their parents went there or their parents just had a buttload of money and wanted to send them out. I mean, it's a liberal arts college. You get, you get your bachelor's degree in liberal arts. A lot of money to go there. I got an associate's in liberal arts and I was running out of stuff to take. I took astro- astronomy. I would love to take astronomy. That was awful. I took guitar and I took, uh, I took a woman's studies course. I took guitar and I took a... All my science classes were without labs. Oh, that's nice. How'd you pull that off? I, 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 my mom taught science for 35 years. I cannot stand science. Not, uh-huh. no, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I love science. Like I think like planets and stuff is fascinating. I was bad at science. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was pretty good at math, which is weird, but I, I struggled at, the, I struggled at like the concepts of science. I struggled at like buoyancy and, and what, the, or I mean, that's like one thing, but you take like the cause and effect of sciencey things. Like if, if this thing goes up, like physics or something, if this has more properties and this ends up like doubling and, and like I couldn't wrap my head around concepts of science where math was easy to me because it was just numbers. Yeah, just numbers is good. And, and I could find, it was like a puzzle, but I could figure it out. I was good at math, awful at stats. Really? Stats was a totally different beast. Yeah, too many letters. I took stats in high school. I took stats two courses in college i kind of like stats because it was there were some hard parts of stats but once you kind of understood the concept and what you had to do like standard deviations and all that crap then it was okay it was like the learning curve to understand it yeah. but like once you understood like the language of stats i found it was easy i mean i'm sure science was the same like i really liked earth science and then once i got to like bio and chem i never took physics i was awful at physics I ended up taking physics in college pulled a pulled a solid c in that class yeah i think i got a b I was, I could not wrap, and I was without a lab. If I had to do a lab in science, I don't know if I would have got better because I was more hands-on. I might have learned a little bit more, but it was, it was awful. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, slew. Yeah. So we're, 
<laughs> liberal arts. We, we just jumped right to Plattsburgh State uh, physics without a lab. Uh, slew in a nutshell. We went, so there's a bar in Canton called the, the Who Owl. And uh, it's, it's pretty much a slew kid bar. More slew kids than SUNY Canton kids. There's always a semi-rivalry there just because of money, probably. Canton was cheap. Slew was not. Um, we went there one night. And I went into the bathroom and I used the urinal. I turn around and wash my hands, and this kid comes up. He's like, "Oh, dude, I really like that uh, SSBD." I was like, "What? What?" He's like, "Your SSBD, bro. Your short sleeve button down." Oh man, yeah, that's bad. They do that with everything. And then he looked at me like I was a chump because I didn't know what an SSBD. And this was. was where? At a bar that's generally slew kids. SSBD. SSBD, man. I love that short sleeve button down. I couldn't tell if he was hitting on me or... I, I maybe. Mean, they were all wearing SSBDs, so maybe they just thought... I, I find like, that you probably have short sleeve button down with like khaki shorts, Yeah, but they no got pockets. salmon pink. Salmon pink, pastel, salmon pink, a lot of pastel. Vineyard vines. Yep. And uh, Sperry's. Uh, Slew kid, boom. Just... <laughs> That's Galen. You, you, li- you literally... <laughs> that was... Uh, I actually have a pair of Sperry's now, but I don't know. I, I think if I really tried... I would have to really try to even find an outfit like that in my wardrobe. That's their whole. That's their whole closet. With like the, uh, with the Ralph Lauren um, ball cap. Yeah. With the expand or with the uh, the strap in the back that you can adjust. And straps on your sunglasses too. Yes. Yep. Gotta have that. <laughs> when you're playing frizz, you don't want to lose your sunglasses. And or or Ray Bans tucked. Ray-Bans like always, yeah. I two, think you just nailed it. That's actually... Two buttons unbuttoned. Ray-Bans. Yes, hanging. But still wearing Ray-Bans for some reason. It's like a backup pair. <laughs> you, can, you can never have enough. Nope. And a slew lanyard. Yeah. Under keys. But that means you're a freshman. You think? Yeah. You, got it at the bookstore. you have your college lanyard, you're a freshman, or you're a weirdo. If you're still in college. I don't think I've ever had a lanyard in my life. No, I think I, I still have a lanyard. I, I think the lanyard's cool. Like, I always found in the gym because if you don't have, like, pockets or something or you're yeah. wearing shorts, like, you can put it on your head and, like, put it on your neck. Or, like, when I was coaching soccer, I always had one because I usually, honestly, I just took it and, like, whipped it around my fingers yeah. and whipped it back. Our was, coach threw it at us. Huh? Our coach threw it at us when we did bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is you just take it and you whip it, like, off the sideline. If you had to, like, throw keys, you could just, like, t- toss it out like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good, good good call on the lanyard. I think you're right. I think as soon as as soon as you kind of like get out of the dorms, you got to get rid of it. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Sorry, any uh, S S L U alum, but I mean, even if you're unless you're athletic, Cause, cause the fun- if you're athletic, you got white Nike socks, super super high expense, probably Yeezys now. <laughs> Yeezys, white Nikes, gray sweatpants tucked in your socks. And probably a basketball Ooh. jersey. So sweatpants tucked into white crew socks? Yeah. But like it's got to be Nike. If it's not Nike, you're trash. Really? I See, I don't know that as much. I, That's the, a lax bro thing. The, the, they uh, carry it over. The, the uh, oh, When we went to Plattsburgh State, this was kind of funny. So I, I ended up now knowing. He, he wasn't coach at the time. but So I went to Plattsburgh. Like, the big running joke was like, if you're a Plattsburgh, like, you can just like walk onto the lacrosse team because it just seemed like every guy was like a lacrosse player. You like walk from class to class, and you would see a guy with like a lacrosse something. Yeah. So I wanted to go to the bookstore and just get a like Plattsburgh State lacrosse like hoodie and just wear it around all day. 
because you would fit in. Like you would kind of look like you could, like maybe could play. There had to be like 60 guys in that team. And I must have walked by them every single day. And it was the funniest thing because usually like it was odd. Like you could kind of tell the hockey players because they always had like, it was at a backpack that had a Cardinal logo on it yep. or all the athletes had a red sweatshirt with like the Cardinal logo and you knew they played some type of sport. I think they just all, it was like a generic sweatshirt they all got. But the lacrosse kids all had Plattsburgh Lacks or whatever it was on the shirt and their hat, and it was the same thing. Sweatpants every day. Yep. Beanies that didn't go over their ears. <laughs> there, there was a, there was one kid. I remember him came, he came to class. It was like three days a week. He would come in two of the three days a week guaranteed in the same pair of sweatpants. And and I would go in it. So say you took the class, what, four times, 12 times in the month, would come in 10 times out of the 12 wearing the same pair of sweatpants. It's probably not the same pair, though. It's probably a drawer full of gray Nike sweats. Well, they're gray Nike sweats, and then they had the uh, the pocket on the side. Like you put like the cell phone or the wallet in that yeah. was like midway down the down the hamstring. Uh, or down like you know like down the, down the side there and uh they would always have it there and, and it was usually like the real thick elastic one with the band and they had um yeah i mean it was classic like, it was funny when you pick out the kids and that was 2009 10 every single day and the amount of kids i mean granted i could i was the same way i'm like it's like sweatpants were good but i never like wore like the the real baggy gray sweatpants yeah with like i said now, now well you have a pair the dad chew Yep, those are hot. Are those coming back now? No. Oh, there's. <laughs> no. I saw, I, I saw the picture. I saw this thing the other day. I got to show this one to you because it's it's worth uh, it's worth looking at. And basically, it's a picture. Oh, where the hell is it? Awesome. Oh, there's no way it's that far back. So it's it's oh right here. <laughs> it's it's the greatest thing. So it's like basically what the, what it is is a meme. It's a, pair, it's a picture of like a middle-aged white man reaching down, changing into a new pair of New Balances and like right off on the side are two pair of New Balances that you know he mowed lawn with forever oh, yeah. and he went to filled. every sporting event in. These things are just like the old, like dirtied up white pair and he's pulling on a brand new pair, mint, not, not a scratch on them. Big shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> Literally the same exact style. They got to be what, like the, set, the 726s yeah, or whatever, or the 420-somethings, whatever the numbers are. Just the pure white. He's probably gelling too. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got Dr. Scholl's yeah, under there. Yeah, he's got a gel. You're not. He's got he's got some Dr. Scholl's, and and the caption is: Here's a rare photo of a middle American male shedding his old skin while he prepares his new skin. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty excited. Yeah, he's happy. It's probably his birthday. <laughs> I'll give you one guess. What kind of what pair of socks does he have on? Oh my God, he's wearing Hanes. I'll he's, do. You- he's wearing those blue. Those blue and brown Hanes. I'll do you one better. The generic wool socks. I love wool socks. Don't get me wrong, but this this is like the like the Payless shoes. Like like he grabbed it as he was as he's walking out, checking out. They, they sucker they sucker him in for the new shoelaces yeah, and the here's socks. Here's the tag. I'm wearing the socks. That's yeah. <laughs> like like grabs it, grabs it off of the rack as he's going to the, as he's going to register too to, to check old, out old pairs hanging out of his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the new laces. Be like, who knows? I'll need another pair of white laces. Yeah, he's got a whole the, shoebox full at home. The uh, yeah, the, the the dad shoe is a real thing. The dad shoe and the dad jeans. I'm trying to think what else, but like. 
you start tucking the, in your shirt. There's got to be an age where you tuck in your t-shirt. Well, do you I, do that? I I don't tuck in the t-shirt, but what happens is like when I like I'll be wearing a t-shirt. Like I'll go home tonight. I'll take these pants off, and I'll get like get sweatpants on. Yep. I'll take the sweatpants and I'll pull them up, and I I just naturally just like pull them up, and they always go over my shirt. And you just snap the waistband and let it go. <laughs> just like I leave it. <laughs> so it. like I'll walk around with my technically my short my shirts tucked, but does your wife say anything to you all the time? All the time. Do you change it? No. Yeah. I don't care. Elizabeth gives me shit every time I leave the house. Like, if it's tucked in, <laughs> like, well, I don't leave the house like like that. If I was to leave the house, I would, like, I'd like pull it out. Or, like, I've done it before where, like, someone shows up and I'm, like, untucking the shirt. <laughs> but if it's just, like, me in my own house, I got that on. I got a pair of moccasins, sweatpants, and usually a t-shirt. Do you have indoor and outdoor moccasins? One pair, they don't, they do not go outside. Step your fucking game up. I know. One outdoor, one indoor. I know. I, I, I just, my, my thing is that as soon as... What really stresses me out is someone that wears moccasins out in the winter when it's wet and they walk through the snow when it's like slushy snow and those things just get just, they're, they're wet. The whole thing, they're soaking wet around the outside. Yeah. I do that all the time. Do you? Yeah. I can't stand do it. Do you wear socks with your moccasins? Mm, That's a big no-no. <sighs> Depends on the season. Depends. If I have socks on, I might just slip them on for ease. Typically, I don't. Typically, I just put the shoe the shoe in. The only thing is if or put my foot in without socks. If I put my foot in without socks, my feet sweat more than if I have yeah. socks on. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but if I have bare feet and I put moccasins on, guarantee my shoes are sweat or my feet are sweating. They're gonna get wet. But I can put a pair of wool socks on, put them into the put them into the uh, moccasins. Nothing talk, not to touch, nothing touches them. They're great. Nah, I can't do wool socks. Sweat too much. Uh, uh, winter, I can. Right now, I'm I'm out of the wool socks. What I haven't worn in years is the like the ankle sock. Not is it ankle, but like the low socks. Mm-hmm. I always used to wear the ankle socks where you couldn't see anything in the shoe. Now all I wear is like the um about calf, mid-calf. about the calf one, and they're not white. Calf or mid calf? Mid calf. That's weird. Mid calf, where they kind of like, like go. You have two inches of two inches of stretch past the heel. No, 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 no. Probably like this much. So just below the calf. Yes. Okay. Like yeah. I can pull them up straight, and they probably just start to go over the edge of my calf. Yeah. Yeah. I wear those. That's what the cool kids do. Is that it? Yeah, don't I, get those half calves though. No, I, I wear them. For, I wear them in the gym, and then I like, if I'm not in like a gym setting, I usually just kind of roll them down towards the ankles. So, so they're not like super bunched up, but they're like they're not like super stretched out. Do you calculate it so you can still see the Nike swoosh? No, I don't care. Huh. Actually, I was a big Adidas guy growing up, so I ended up getting these Adidas socks. Now I have Nike socks just because they were the ones I found. Yep. The Adidas ones are way comfortable, but I've worn through them so much. Um, Man, I Nike when I grew up because I played a lot of soccer. We always had um, Adidas. I was always a Predator guy. No, I was a Nike guy. Really? T90s all the way. Yeah. I had I had T90 soft grounds. You know, with the metal tips on the yeah, end. Yeah, those were the best. Those were phenomenal. I remember playing my last game ever. Um, my senior year, I, I wore those my last game and haven't worn them since. They literally still have. Well, part of it was like we won, we won the state championship at the end of the year. Like I haven't even worn. Like literally, they had the mud still on them for that game because I just like I literally that was it. I, yep. I never wore them again. Retired. Never had to. Like when when was I ever going to play like in late fall ever in a meaningful game? So it was anything was like indoor men's league in the summer. So you just wore whatever the shoes were. But I have a brand new pair. I say brand new, worn less than ten times from two thousand nine. Like mint shape. It was like maybe the first ever pair of Addy Pures mm-hmm. that first came out. It was like right when. Right when the Predators changed design to like nobody wanted them anymore, and they started kind of going like the Adipure, which they were black on black, 
So it literally looked like you're just wearing like black shoes. That was what, like a mess. That was a you know, messy route. I, right? I want to say it up. was yeah. right, right before it ended up getting to. What was it? Not. It was like Attic Pier, but they went some. They went to some other shoe right after that, which he was a part of. And then they started the getting zero. The zeros, the no. Maybe it was. And then it started to get like really bright and colorful. Yeah. And I wasn't all my all my um, all my cleats back in the day were, were black and white. I had black and white. In junior high, I had Nikes for one year, and I didn't really care for them. Black and white, the, the tempos or tempos or whatever. I wore those, and then I went back to the Predators for the last couple of years. Um, except, I don't know why I bought the Total 90s. I think I just liked the look of them a little bit. But those weren't as narrow. I found that Nikes were much more narrow. Yeah, I like it narrow. That's why I wear those. Yeah, because Adidas always had a little more room in the toe, I felt. But um, like now I wear kind of a mixture of shoes. I don't really have one, one shoe I subscribe to. But, um, oh, I got these... Um, did you ever see my Carhartt Air Air, uh, Air Force Ones? No. There's like a there's like a collaboration that they did, and I wore them all throughout this all throughout the winter because like it's either boots or dress shoes. Yeah. Dress shoes in the winter, no go. Those at least had like some tread on the bottom, so those were good, but they were warm too. So they're basically like the 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 cushion of a Carhartt boot in the basically the the frame or the or the sole or whatever of the Air Force One, and the outside was all Carhartt. And they had a white base on the bottom, and they had black on the back. But the swoosh was also Carhartt, like the brown, the classic brown. Mm. Really nice. Find find a pair. I'm, I'm telling you, one of the best nice shoes. Pair of you shoes. you will you will just wear right through them because they're they're semi functional because it's cold out. You can wear them, and they're nice. Are you a shoe guy? Yeah, I fridge like kicks. Shoes. Yeah. Just dad shoes. What were the pair of kicks in the fridge? Uh, they were Pumas, indoor soccer shoes because that was all we wore in high school. If you played soccer, you wore indoor shoes twenty four seven. I had, yes, I quote, I had sambas. Yep. Then I had the um. What what the hell were the, the Adidas? You would only get them if you, you remember Eurosport, yep. the magazine, soccer.com, whatever yep. soccer magazine. You'd open it up. They had one pair. They had the sambas on it. They had the the. Uh, oh my god! Um, what what was the original Adidas shoe? Black and white had the had the plastic on the bottom with like the black spikes that came down i can't think of the name like the turf shoe they weren't turf they, they were they were like they're probably like under adidas classic now oh, i thought the sambas were the classic well those, those are the those are for the indoor these actually had spikes at the bottom let me see adidas classic soccer cleats yep okay Right here, right there. Um, oh, the World Cups. Yes, the World Cups. Oh yeah, Copas. So those, so that's. Oh well, yeah. So what was that? The Copa? No. No. Oh, Copa Mundials or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mundials. Yeah. Our uh, modified soccer right. coach had a pair of those from that he had from when he played in college. He wore them for like there was one, 23 years. There was one family at, at our school that had like three boys and they only wore those all the way up through. It was, it was, it was pretty funny. So right there, classic. Nope, I never had a pair of those. The Sambas? Nope, wasn't one of those kids. Really? Yeah. I, I remember I went and got my first communion in second grade. I refused to wear dress shoes. So my mom got me these and of course I rocked them because they're black. They kind of look like dress shoes, but we all knew better. Yep. Those? Nope. See, those are the soft grounds. I, I should have got those. I think I had, I had. Those, pre- the, um. I had Predators when Beckham was still big. That was my first cleat. Yes, this one right here. The 
Mundial Team Turfs. Yeah, turf shoes. Yep. And you flip the tongue down right here. You flip the tongue down and it had the white. There was like white underneath the black, so you'd flip it down because it was cool only if you had the tongue flapped down. Cover up your laces. Cover up the laces. Yep. That was the only, that was like what all the cool kids did back in the day. Right there. Right there. Boom. That was um, that was Galen circa 2006 and seven. Man, that's a preppy Eight. kid thing. You think that? That's preppy. How much did those shoes cost? 90 bucks? Probably 90. Yeah, that's preppy. 90. They're good. I, I, just, I just like, I like the classic. I don't know. I just thought they were good. They're comfy. Well, I mean, I remember I had those and I had these god awful like Nike shoes. And we went through a phase where the, sh- the shoelaces would just tear. Yeah. So we put hockey laces in them. And of course, the hockey laces, you couldn't really tie them because they were mm. so thick. So we had just ended up kind of like tightening them. But like, I don't tie my shoes to this day. Do you tie your shoes? You no. tying guy? I have, I have a lot of chucks. I tie up my chucks, obviously. I nothing. Even my workout shoes, I don't tie my workout shoes unless I'm like running, running. in them. Yeah. Because I, I like I'll go and slip my shoes, and they're like sandals at this point. Yep. Like you just go and slide them in, go lift. You don't. I get it. Like your feet might shift a little bit, but at the end of the day, if you're putting the right pressure on your feet, I don't if think you got a really, flat shoe. It's not going to shift anyways. Might, yeah, it, it it's usually pretty basic, but yeah. I don't have the dad shoes, so. Um, Anything else you want to uh, touch on tonight? No, man. What good. about you? No, we, I, I enjoyed talking about shoes. I think it was good. A little bit of fitness, a little bit of shoes, and some uh, fridge kick memes. A little bit of fridge kicks. Cool. Anything else? Good? Yeah, that's good. I'm getting hungry. That's kind, yeah, of, why I'm I'm, hungry. I'm, kind of why I'm blowing you off right now because <laughs> I'm just going to get out of here and eat. Um, all right. So that is uh, episode 34 with Mr. John Conger. Conger. Conger with a C-O-N-G-E-R. Uh, yeah, episode 34. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.